Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Analytical Fanboys. I am your host, the modular king of the content ring, the Accuminator, and I am joined, as always, by the soulful Boingo Rider. Does that mean I'm dead? That's a One Piece joke for all you One Piece fans out there. Hi, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. And uh, we also have along with us the toy man of modular media, Snowcone83. I have an addiction. Yep. I guess I did last week. It's about to get worse. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> guys, guys, we've got a fucking stacked episode for you tonight because uh, the week we're recording this, uh, the first ever Hasbro Pulse Con happened. So we're going to be going over a bunch of news from that at the back half of the show. There was a lot of AEW that happened this week that uh, Co- Chris and I are probably going to talk about. Uh, and fucking, we've got a really interesting album to talk about for our main topic. But before we can do any of that, we need to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Modular Media, the online creator co-op that uh, aims to help elevate uh, more overlooked collectors or uh, creators, I should say, Freudian slip there, like ourselves on the internet, um, especially in the YouTube kind of videographer realm and um you know if you want to help support that go ahead and give this podcast a like and uh subscribe and ring the bell to enable notifications and all that good stuff um you know we do multiple kinds of topics on here we're talking about a classic grunge album tonight but last week we talked about a weird ass manga written by stan lee we're probably going to do stuff and else very sort of off the wall next week and we do other podcasts from time to time and we do our own videos individually like this week boingo writer here put out a really interesting video about jojo's bizarre adventure that you know i'll admit i didn't entirely agree with you chris first time that's happened in a while but i do think you made a very good argument and the video overall was really well done so uh yeah everybody go check out chris's jojo video that just came out yeah. um but uh, that's uh, that's about all the modular stuff there is to plug. Oh, yeah, we also have a Twitter and a Reddit and whatnot. I'll plug that at the end of the show, too. But um, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it because tonight we are talking about something that Chris put on the list. Uh, the debut album for the band Nirvana, which is Bleach. So, Chris, why don't you give us a bit of a, a, bit of a background on this? Okay, so Nirvana rock band from seattle area that kind of thing uh they got signed to an uh, album uh on sub pop which was a rock label it's kind of more of a general record label nowadays but at the time it was much more of a rock label and when they signed the deal and they gave uh, said okay make an album they basically said hey could you make it a little bit more like c- kind of tone down some of your poppy stuff uh and just make it more like hard rock for the crowd we're trying to give it to and so Kurt Cobain was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, and so he was still writing lyrics the day they started recording for this album. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, uh, and this album was Kurt Cobain, who did most of the writing, which he that's true for any Nirvana album. Uh, Chris Novoselic on bass and Chad Channing on drums. Should I know that name? No, because uh, in the second album, they replaced him with 
they're the drummer that most people associate with Nirvana, Dave Grohl. Oh, okay. I was yeah. gonna say because I don't know drummers. The only drummer I know by name is Few Adams. Uh, but yeah, so this is pre Dave Grohl, and it. I hate to say it this way, it kind of shows. Really? Yeah. Okay. Nirvana with Dave Grohl is like perfect, but also the, again, this is uh, aiming to be much more of like the contemporary sound of Seattle than Nirvana as a band. Uh, so it's a little bit more punk. It's a little bit more sludgy than traditional Nirvana. And traditional Nirvana, like their other three uh, albums, Nevermind, Insecticide, and In Utero, they have a little bit more of a pop flair in the lyrics and the melodies and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just haven't been exposed to enough Nirvana before this, because to me this just kind of sounded like, okay, yeah, this is the general kind of feel I associate Nirvana with, but a little more so and i'm kind of um actually immersing myself into it aside instead of casually associating with it like i normally do when i listen to smells like teen spirit which is the only nirvana song i had had no that's not true i have heard come as you are um but i only really knew come as you are and smells like teen spirit before jumping into this and you Um, probably heard like clips of other like heart shape box um poly rape me it's entirely possible, but I couldn't say I did. Um, Co- Cody, what was your kind of experience with listening to this album? Well, uh, like I said last week, uh, my plan for listening to it was uh, putting it on and letting it roll through a couple times on the um, car stereo. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm a fan of Nirvana. Um, I I'm not going to start the argument um because it's not really something i ever truly believe it's just something i like to argue with chris um about you know the uh the old um pearl jam versus nirvana stick but uh oh jeez. i mean i love them both pearl jam is one of my all-time favorites but uh, that has nothing to do with today like i've i've always loved nirvana i think most people do who like music um but I don't know, like, uh, this, this is kind of like my first time, like reviewing a, uh, fucking album. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I guess we're like partially reviewing it and just like discussing it. But like, so I was like, just thinking about like that. Cause like I, I, I did to this, what I started doing to albums in general, maybe like two years ago where I used to just listen to music, but ever since I started paying for like Spotify and you know shit like that, um, or downloading discographies, I learned about taking an album and experiencing it as an album. Um, so I don't know, like for this, I don't know. There's like things, some things I might want to say. Like well, well, you're gonna get a chance to say whatever I mean, you need I know, to because we're gonna go. I, I don't know if you've actually listened to any of our previous album reviews before you came on the show, Cody. But we'll be going through track by track and trying to say everything we have to say about each individual song as we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is just kind of preamble, like our general thoughts going into it. Yeah. 
I mean, like, I can hear Nirvana in this. Nirvana that I know, that we all love. But it is definitely, like, rougher. It is very much the first draft. And see, like, I'm not a big grunge guy at all. So, like, I don't... I haven't experienced a lot of grunge. Nirvana's, like, the only grunge I know. And I kind of associate Nirvana with that rougher grunge sound. And, like, you're telling me this is rougher? And I'm like... But that's just Nirvana to me. Nirvana is rough and weird and hard to listen to at times. And when I say it's like it's rougher, it's it's hard to it's hard to describe in more detail because it's like there's a not a precise there's a, a an intention with certain roughness in later Nirvana stuff, but in this it's kind of more wild it's it, it there's not an intention behind it it's just I, more... I get... sorry no, 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 no. i was just gonna say I, I get what you're saying like it's got a uh a wideness to it almost like uh um, yeah it feels like it's it's spreading out that it's like um almost like um a little less direction and a little more just kind of like i mean you know wow you, you, you literally said it so yeah, especially when you look at like the lyrics of later Nirvana, which are much more deliberate and poetic, and going and looking at the lyrics of this, which are much more punk styled. It, it really interesting contrast of this is this is Kurt Cobain not kind of giving a shit, but still trying to make something cool. It feels like he's kind of fucking around lyrically at times and in a way to more mess with you than anything like you expect this to be interesting and thoughtful but at the same time he's doing that and then also making fun of you for thinking it's going to be that way and Kurt Cobain always has an uh, an ironic wit to his lyrics uh, or a a very uh, a, a tragic side to it like Polly for example um, because Polly, the whole uh, the 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 structure of the verse is it starts with Polly wants a cracker, but I think I should get off her first because the song's written in tribute to a woman who was raped at, uh, after one of his shows. Oh, whose name was Polly? I think she may have been raped and killed, but like, yeah, but yeah, this. Yeah, and they have a lot of things like that. And, like, their song about, like, um, their anti-fame song is Rape Me. Mm. Um, which they tried to play on an MTV uh, award show, and they said, nah. But they when they got on stage, they played, like, the first couple notes and then went into Teenage Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they went a little bit harder than that. Didn't he say it a couple of times? Like, he started it off? He might have. But, like, yeah, like, Nirvana always has that little bit of a thing, and this doesn't this doesn't have any... I don't want to say it doesn't have any, but the ironic wit side of those kind of, like, songs is lessened. Because it, it like, um... Like, we can go to the first song, Blue. Uh, and I'm just gonna say it, I fucking love this track. I thought this was a great opener. Yeah, looking at the gene, it, like very simple lyrics. It, it the reverses repeat, uh, and if you wouldn't mind, I would like the blue. 
Uh, and if you wouldn't mind, I would like to lose. If you wouldn't le- care, I would like to leave. If you wouldn't mind, I would like to breathe. And the chorus is simply, is there another reason for your staying? Could you believe who you were? Uh, can you believe who we knew, stress or strain? Here's another word that rhymes with shame. Which is kind of a nice encapsulation of that kind of feel I got from the whole album of it's starting a thought and then it's making fun of you for getting invested in that thought. Like the idea behind these lyrics is kind of um, him talking about the feeling of leaving school and not really wanting to follow up on your potential that much, just wanting a break from sort of the intenseness that comes with studying and working on realizing your potential as a person. And then the the sort of punchline to the joke that that sets up is, yeah, you're thinking about that. You're getting invested in that thought and thinking like, oh, I've been there, but fuck you for getting invested in this. I'm just going to say, let's put another word, insert word that rhymes here is sort of that last line. Yeah, because it's it's talking about that shame, but it's like, eh, fuck, I don't care enough. Mm-hmm. And I also just really dig the the beat. It's a very consummate kind of grunge rock beat of starting off very soft, but then getting really aggressive and repetitive, but not in like a, a sort of headache way. It's very... It feels like a tide that you can sort of enjoy being swept up in for a few minutes. Yeah. The bass reminds me of a motorcycle for some reason. You know what? I can totally see that, yeah. You have any thoughts on the first track of the album, Cody? Sorry, I was... um, I I decided to, like, pull this shit up while we're talking about it, because, like... Uh, we are I looking at to... the uh, the genius lyrics, by the way, Cody. I can link you to those in the chat. Okay. All right, that'll help too. Because, like, uh, I didn't... I guess I really didn't know how we were going to do this. Um, yeah, so I could have like, done a better job of explaining it to you. Sorry, bud. I mean, it's all right. I mean, it'll be fine. Because, like, I just, like... I was just trying to ingest the album as a whole. So, like... I didn't really have a very, um, I don't know. Cause like, I mean, I, I literally went through it again, oh, probably about an hour ago is when I like finished it again before I got on this. Um, so I'm just going to like play a little bit of each of these as we start talking about them in my right ear with a, a wireless headphones. So I could like, because like I, I like had three songs that I picked out to like I'm like all right well I'll have opinions on these more so, um, but I don't know I mean because like one thing I will say is like as it started out like uh, the first couple of songs I do like and then there was like one at the latter half that I didn't enjoy that much and then like a few at the relative end that I didn't enjoy that much. Huh. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. For this one specifically, it um the baseline, like Chris was saying, it is like really nice. I'd um I don't know, cause like uh 
Sorry, I'm trying not to blank out too bad. Like, the bass is kind of what stood out in, like, most of the songs for me, because, like, that's what I have turned up the most in my car, and I had it, like, all the way maxed. Probably maybe not the best way to have listened to this in the first, but I don't know. Um, I mean, No Selleck's not a bad bass player. Yeah. I mean, he's not, like, the dude from fucking uh, Rush, but, like, he's a solid punk rock style bass player. Um, the vibe I, I got from that, um, which I doubt it, I wouldn't know if that would line up like that. Um, Zach Wild. Like, hmm. not a lot of the other songs, but like this one, and, um, maybe that's why I like it more. It feels like a very, um, Zach Wild slash, um, What's his fucking band name? I mean, it's kind of, it does kind of have like uh, a metal, but like slow down a little bit feel. Yeah. And like I think a post- that's part of why I find it so palatable because I don't like the speed of metal, but I do like that kind of grade of rock that it has to it. Like, I can, like, for lack of a better way of describing it, it kind of does have like a Metallica. Around Enter Sandman period, but slowed mm. down a little bit because it's just a simple, easy riff that that has a lot of uh, ebb and flow in it. Yeah. And when it gets to the chorus, it just kind of has like it kicks it up a little bit, but not like a uh, not like later Nirvana stuff where he was copying the Pixies a lot more. You know, like, I don't know if I fully agree with y'all saying, like, it feels like some metal, but slowed down. Because I'm not, in some way, yeah, I, I mean, I know, I just, like. And I'm specifically thinking, like, thrash. Like. I mean, yeah. But, like, where thrash it, is out there when it comes to speed. When I think of metal, I think of, like sabbath and like slayer which are two very different bands but like because i'm also thinking like this is 1989 this is right at the tail end of like metallica megadeth anthrax slayer all that kind of thrash and punk also being a major thing uh being there but they don't really compare to people yeah, no, Maiden's more, like, Maiden's part of the uh, second wave of British heavy metal, uh, which is, like, Judas Priest, no. them, a couple others. And I'd say they're more, the closest thing they are is probably, like, power metal, maybe? Like, a softer power metal? Yeah. Because they're not, like, Hollow, uh, what is it, Halloween, Hollow Wicked? That. What's the German band that's logo's a fucking pumpkin? I've never uh Rammstein? No. <laughs> that's the only German band I know, sorry. Rammstein's logo is a motherfucking dude in latex beating people. Excellent. Um also known as their lead singer. You know, I just uh, realized something else from the Genius page that could probably explain the sort of odd sound of at least this track in particular. Um, 
Kurt and Chris uh, toned down their guitars before recording this, forgetting that they had already toned down to um, D, drop D, which is what they already which is what they usually play in. So instead, their guitars were in C standard for the recording of this. Yeah. And that also could like that's another thing is like. General rock can go into drop D, but only usually metal goes into a lower C tuning. And that may influence some of the like metal tones because it's on a low it's going in lower harmonies and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. It's a good intro track, but also just like thinking about the lyrics some more. Because it's about like, hey, not living up to potential and kinda not caring, but also like, eh, whatever. The lyrics also don't live up to their potential too. So mm -hmm. it's like the song doesn't even live like eh, whatever. The whole the whole song is just kind of lulling you into this sense of eh, fuck it. We're just we're here to play music. Which I, I mean, think that, is a nice way to intro the band. I mean that fits Gen uh Gen X a lot too. It's that kind of general eh, f fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. Mentality. Where we so, kind of have more of the mentality of, eh, fuck it, let's fucking shitpost. Yeah. Or, eh, fuck it, let's tear it all down. Yeah. But no, it's a, uh, it's a good track, but I don't think we have too much else to say about it. So you guys want to move on to uh, Floyd the Barber? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is a fucking track and a half, isn't it? <laughs> He didn't know Nirvana could make a horror song. I had I had no idea this was coming when I put this album on. And reading about it on the Genius page was fucking fascinating. Because, like, I know a little bit about the Andy Griffith show, but to hear how much detail is put into this song in relation of just taking that song, that show, and its characters and perverting them in order to make a point about... 50s whitewashing and idealization and also like the fucking fun fact that's at the very end of the genius article about how a tv nearby where kurt cobain died was playing the andy griffith show so that was probably the last thing he ever saw the fuck yeah. it, it, you kind of find that out the police reports were probably made a note of what was on TV. Yeah, it you says, know. strangely enough, according to NME police reports, implied that when C Cobain's body was found, a nearby television was tuned to a station that aired syndicated reruns of the Andy Griffith show. It may have been one of the last images he saw. But yeah, I don't know how to feel about that one. Yeah. It's like that kind of weird poetic energy you get from a tragedy in a movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one has a lot more poetic energy from Kurt Cobain. Uh, in it, just specifically the the duality of the choruses and, and playing uh, the wordplay. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a 
it's a, it's like a weirdly sort of beautiful depiction of a massacre. And the second verse is f- fucking. I don't I don't know the right word. It's Barney ties me to the chair. I can't see. I'm really scared. Floyd breathes hard. I hear a zip. PP pressed against my lips. It's like you want to laugh, but also fuck. That's horrifying. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know if you guys looked this up. Like, were you, I, I guess I was in a completely different headspace for this because I was just like hearing the album and trying to listen to it, but I wasn't looking up. I didn't think to look up the lyrics. Nah, dude. Uh, what I do for this show is fucking um, Thursday night because we record the show on Saturday nights. Um. I listen to the album while reading through the lyrics and the genius article um, or articles, I guess. I go track by track, of course. And then fucking the next day, Friday, I listen to as much of it again a second time on my ways to and from work. Right. But like... But, uh... Your your way of listening to it is still valid. It's probably the way most people listen to this album who aren't, like, trying to wring every bit of information out of it as they can, like I am, because I'm a psychopath that way. Yeah. But also, I like looking at the verses because it gives us interesting topics to talk about and uh, things to think about, because the last verse, I sense others in the room. Opie, Aunt B, I presume. They take turns and cut me up. I die smothered in Aunt B's muff. Jesus. <laughs> the character in this song dies by being suffocated by a vagina. Mm-hmm. So, in a and way, like, it's kind of every man's dream, and in another way, it's fucking horrifying. Well, like, it, it's also, there's the added, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely added gross factor, like, it's, I, mean, I didn't. I mean, I would have never made the connection to the Andy Griffith show, but like, it's definitely the kid. This is sung from the point of the kid. That's why. No, 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 no. The kid is Opie. So oh. the kid, the kid is fucking part of slicing him up. I mean, it's the character in the song. He is speaking of being murdered by these characters of classic Americana whitewashing and idealism. Mm-hmm. So then there's that layer of, like, yeah, these characters kind of squash the idea of someone like Kurt Cobain, this artist with a soft soul and all this kind of shit. He wouldn't fit in the Andy Griffith show. Mm -hmm. Or he'd be made like a joke, one-off, sort of um, dumb character passing through town. I also just really like the uh, the rhyming scheme of having the chorus start off as I was shaved, I was shaved, I was shaved, and then it immediately switches to I was shamed, I was shamed, I was shamed. Like that's that's really melodic in a way, and it and it's kind of again, it's another like easy torrent of music to fall into for a second. Yeah, Cobain does that a lot. Like. T- uh, smells like Teen Spirit. He does that in the post-chorus, the, the, like the end of the chorus. Mm-hmm. My libido, 
that kind of uh, emulado, a mosquito, that whole thing. Yeah. Do we have a, Do we have anything else to say, or do we want to move on again? I think we're good to move on. All right. Well, then let's go to uh, track three about a girl, which apparently Kurt Cobain just wrote in one night because his girlfriend complained to him that he never writes songs about her. And he basically writes a song complaining about her being fucking a handle. Yeah, and she didn't realize that it was actually about her until she listened to it years later. Um, I was gonna say that this feels like the most Nirvana. Nirvana oh yeah, no, this is album. this this is the song that feels the most like the later later uh, Nirvana songs, but it also feels a little bit like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Like, the lyrics are kind of late, yeah. Beatlesy, but the way this song starts, like, I almost thought I had put on Smells Like Tea or a fucking Teen Spirit by mistake. It also has that kind of similar vibe as, like, Come As You Are, that kind of back and forth with the, the chords being played. Mm-hmm. That, that walking up and down. But also the chorus, that, that uh, it just sounds like the Beatles, the, that melody line. I do. Yeah. No, this is a really good song. And I think it's the one song from this album you hear the most often because it sounds like the most, like, the rest of Nirvana. So it's easier to, like, go, like, yeah, no, this one. It's also just, like, a, a great little song to have on in the background of, like, I could imagine this being in... A, a montage in a romantic comedy or something. Maybe a little more edgy of a romantic comedy, but still. Did you make the Beatles um, comparison because of this article? What article? In a Genius, it says, uh, Kurt Cobain wrote this after spending the previous night listening to the Beatles' first U.S. album, Meet the Beatles, over and over. And no, I hadn't clicked the the read more, but yeah, it it sounds like a it sounds like a '90s version of a Beatles song. Just that line, but I can't see you every night free. Just sounds like a Beatles line. Yeah, cool, neat. It's can't uh, wait it's... to hear more stuff from Nirvana. I just want to go somewhere. It's funny and it's sad. Aren't all things. Uh. So school. Yep, school. I think school. this one has, like, the simplest lyrics. It does, but they're fucking dope. I love this song. Uh, And this song is very simply, like... Uh, I he drops out of high school and then he gets into this big music scene in Seattle and it's just fucking high school all over again and he's like fuck this shit it is but it's also based on his real life experience of becoming a janitor at the same high school he graduated from he didn't graduate he dropped out Okay. Well, so he, then... he no. Here, the whole thing is he drops out of high school, 
he gets a job as a janitor in his old high school with all the people he knew in high school still. Oh, okay. I must have just glossed over that in a genius article then. Um, but fucking... It's... It's that, and then it's also, like, there's a bit in this article about how apparently he used to play it all the time at shows, and then he slowly stopped doing it because a lot of his fans came off to him as the same kind of people who would beat him up in high school. And he's like, I don't want you fuckers to relate to this. I mean, he wrote specifically songs about that idea. It's like, that's what, um... I can't remember what's the song. Uh, she's the one. He's the one who likes all our pretty songs. That one. Mm. Um, that Nirvana. Hold on, let me look up the lyrics. Because he was getting tired of basically a lot of, like, dude bros getting into Nirvana and not understanding that, like, half of his songs are fucking anti-authority and, uh, like, pro-feminist and pro-woman and all that kind in bloom. Hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what happens when your art gets popular inevitably. And that's that's kind of sad, is, like, just anybody will glob onto it because they think it seems cool, but they won't actually take the time to understand it. Um, and that, and that's a lot, that's a lot of things that I see a lot of musicians especially going through is sort of in a later part of their career, they'll start writing about how they don't like a certain section of their fan base. Yeah. Yeah, it's just three lines ad nauseum of just going, it's all tone, it's all feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like. It's this very dour, won't you believe it, it's just my luck. And then fucking the chorus just wailing out, no recess. It's it's very much like, even if you don't relate to his specific situation, you can sort of throw yourself into that mood. Because, like, everybody fucking has that sort of sect of life that they hate and still feels like they're back in high school even if you never went to high school like me, I was fucking homeschooled and then I got my GED, but fucking I can't stand most of the fan bases I'm in because they feel like being in fucking high school, or at least what I understand being in high school to be like. I don't know about that. <laughs> All I'm just saying is I had an interesting day on Twitter today. Fair enough. I mean, I tend to avoid Twitter for reasons just like that. Yeah, yeah. And I usually do, but I thought, oh, I'm going to look at the... Oh, I'll talk I'll talk about it during the post-con segment. Got to keep this on topic. There's not a ton of stuff here. I like the... The the, the best way I can describe it is, like, the core, uh, the music behind it kind of feels rolling. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel... It, 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 it just has, like, a nice... It feels like a tumbleweed. Yeah. But also, I kind of like that feeling. I think it's uh, it's a nice feeling to kind of sink into. A lot of these tracks have that same sort of thing to me where I'm like, 
Yeah, there's not much to this. It's sort of very one note in its thought. But I like that thought. It's nice to sink in it and get enveloped in it for a couple minutes with this song. Yeah, I mean, it's all about it is just tone and feeling. And that's a lot of like rock in general. Mm -hmm. It's less about lyrical fidelity and anything like that. It's more about like, this is the feeling we want you to feel. Enter Sandman's about being afraid of going to sleep. Um, Number of the Beast is about the feeling of coming across a cult and being wary and that kind of thing. Yep. It's all all feeling. Speaking of feelings, motherfucking love buzz. This is a cover song? Yep. Yeah. I I mean, it fits right in. You say that, and I feel that, but apparently Kurt Cobain did not think that. Apparently he hated this song. Like, he... At first, he agreed to it because he was like, oh, yeah, I, I like the original version of that. Let's give it a shot. And then after they performed it live a couple times, he's like, this does not fit our sound. This We can't rough this up like the rest of our sound. It's too clean. It's too classic. It doesn't work with us. Which is really interesting. Think, I'm also thinking in the grand scope of Nirvana. Because it does have that kind of like evergreen Nirvana feel. Mm. especially because like i'm listening to it again right now and in the verses it cuts out pretty much everything but the drums and uh it cuts out the guitar and it's just drum and bass and that just just feels like kind of classic nirvana stuff Mm -hmm. and what's interesting is i did listen to the original version for this review for this podcast it sounds almost identical to nirvana's version like it's a little more hard-edged and they changed some of the lyrics to be to fit their gender because it's originally sung by a female singer. But it sounds pretty much the same to me. Yeah, I um I, I clicked play because the video is on the uh genius thing, uh the the original version. And like what I was gonna say is this was one of the songs I vibed with the most. And then I hit play and I was just like, oh, that's because <laughs> I like the song already. Yeah. Like, because I, I like to like, I mean, I, I listen to all types of music, but I do really love like 60, 70 stuff. Um, sure, and, a boomer in a millennial's body, Cody. I guess, but like, it's just weird. I feel, I feel bad now. <laughs> I feel bad almost just because like, all the things that I was thinking about mentioning about this, I was like, "Oh, right, well, that, that makes sense now." Like, uh, th- just like the the overall like rift and everything like that, the vibe of the song, like, yeah, because it's a fucking seventy song, no duh. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I kind of like fucking pop my bubble on that one. It's got that kind of classic, um, like the plucking of the guitar strings that da that da 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 Weirdly, it reminds me of shit like fucking uh, King Tut and like classic kind of Egyptian sounding songs. Weirdly enough, which isn't which doesn't even sound Egyptian. It's fucking classic American. What we think Egypt must have sounded like because we dug up their graves. We didn't dig up the graves. The English did. Mm. 
Hey, that's uh, that's a win. That's one shitty thing we didn't do, so that's nice. Thank you for reminding me of that. I mean, I think we help, but... No, no, you can't take it back. No take back, sees. I need to feel good about something. I mean, we did put a lot of bodies in graves. That's true. Anyways, uh, fucking... Yeah, this is a dope cover. Yeah, it's a good cover. I can understand... In retrospect, it, it kind of why Kurt Cobain would feel like, eh, because like I don't know, it it was also their first single, so yeah, and it's got to be weird having your first big hit be a song that you didn't even write. You got to feel like you don't really have self ownership at that point. Hi, Alien Ant Farm, how you doing? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a good it's a good little track, but I can understand why it's not like remembered as like a a, a great Nirvana deep cut. So, uh, want to get on to probably the freakiest song on this album? Yeah, fucking paper. Cuts, a song that is very much in that vein of a topic matter that, like, yeah, I'm 90% sure this goes on in places in the world, but I don't think about it actively. And whenever I'm confronted with it, it's like, oh, fuck. Because this is apparently based off of a true story. Kurt Cobain's cousin knew somebody who went through this shit. Uh, so and the story in quite what Cody? Oh, I was just gonna make a dumb joke. Go ahead. No, make the dumb joke. Uh, is this Nirvana but Tool? Holy shit! It's Nirvana but Tool. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> How uh, do I know, understand that reference? I've never heard any Tool. As half-assed as that might be, it kind of does make sense. So I mean, it it, do, it does have that sludgy feel. Mm-hmm. But it also has like a lot of noise rock and that kind of stuff too. Yeah. A lot of screeching. Yeah. But it's a solid great song. It, it, the 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 vibe the vibe of the guitars and everything fits the subject material cuz it just it, it it creates this atmosphere in my head of this dank dark basement that just is caked and humidity and 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 waste and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. it feels like a dry creepy pit for animals it feels like a fucking rat cage is what it feels like also they say the name of the band they said the name they said it family guy gif else was playing into a major trend at the time of uh and lyrics especially in rock of uh saying one thing meaning another mm-hmm. that kind of sarcasm um because he's singing about this very dark hellish place and then he's going nirvana like nirvana being uh the buddhist ideal of 
heaven, that kind of thing. Enlightenment, yeah. oneness. Like, ingenious, when you click on that part of the lyrics, it goes to an annotation that reads, The name of the band was taken from the Hindu and Buddhist concept of nirvana, which Cobain described as freedom from pain, suffering, and the external world. So it's like, oh. it's a great song, though. It's probably one of the higher ups on the the album for me. That's pretty good. But I also am one who likes weird, noisy rock. Yeah, yeah you're a big fan of math rock, aren't you? Yeah, Matt, this this isn't exactly about, this is a lot more noise. And, and like the closest comparison I can think of is Code Orange. Yeah. See, Especially like not... their Go ahead. Especially their Code Orange's new album, they have a lot of like feedback noise, which this uses a lot of feedback noise. And I'm not usually super into that kind of stuff. I enjoyed it on this track. However, I don't think this is something I would put in, like, my regular music rotation. This is something I'd have to kind of want to be in the mood for. I couldn't have this randomly come on in the car. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good track. Yeah. Fuck, I completely lost a thought. Oh, dear. You lost your thought, like people lost those children. Yeah. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> uh, uh, probably their most punk song on this album. Yeah, it's uh, negative creep is kind of dope, but also it doesn't feel like Nirvana at all to me. Like this is the one where I'd agree with you, Cody or Chris. Sorry. It's fine. The most glaring for me, or the thing that made me lose my thought was opening the page for this song and seeing the first thing being described by IGN as being a textbook example of Seattle's true grunge sound. And I'm like, not that IGN, right? No, IGN does music review. IGN does fucking everything now, and they're kind of idiots. Kind of. <laughs> no no this is much more punk than it is grunge especially with fucking cobain doing the 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 sort of stereotypical growly punk voice through most of this song <laughs> like that's yeah. that's usually pretty off-putting to me and it and it did throw me off when i started this song but i but it wasn't bad i think it fits what's going on here I could also see this as like uh, Cody, it's like a 1.0 of breed. Breed? What do you mean? The song, the Nirvana song, Breed? Um, it doesn't. Doesn't ring a bell? Does not ring a bell. It's my favorite Nirvana song. Oh dear. No, 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 it's not that noisy. Who are you? Hi, I, I'm Chris. Boing writer Gaston. Um, it's probably. Let me just look it up. Let me look it up somewhere. Hang on. Hold on. There it is. No. <laughs> I like how you just had it ready on the draw. Uh, 
Okay, yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It kind of it feels like a prototype of breed. You know, I can definitely get that listening to breed for the first time now. I'd say I soft agree. But it, it, it's the way that he structures his lyrics because the lyrics in this is uh, this is out of my reach couple times then it's out of my reach and it's grown mm-hmm. it's getting to be it's getting to be drone i'm a negative creep i'm a negative creep and i'm stoned um and then he goes on to a chorus basically um uh talking about a loss of innocence daddy's little girl and a girl no more man there's even more shit about ign in this why um, probably the only reference material they could find. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's all, this is also like one of their faster songs. They don't do a ton of fast, fast songs. You know. That's true. Sorry, I apologize. I'm like, in like verse two, I guess I was trying to decide if this was, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, is it, am I misunderstanding or just are not having understand understood something or like, would me saying like, this is out of a range and it's crude, like them saying that, would that not be like just also him making a little cheeky statement, or like? But it also be like the the general vibe of the song is like I'm a piece of shit. No, I so think so. Maybe this I, this action is out of my reach. I can't do it, and me trying to do it is kind of like a bastardization of it. I mean. I didn't really do too much thinking about this when I listened to it the first couple times, but now, if I were to assign a meaning to this, it almost comes off to me as kind of like a a, a drug fueled rant about how shitty his his uh, writing on the album has been so far. Like it, it feels like he's mad at himself and he doesn't feel this piece of artist turning out as well as it could. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I, 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 a dumb interpretation I just immediately thought of because the chorus is daddy's little girl and girl no more. Specifically, that that wording just made me think like, oh, what if it? What if the character in the song is feeling guilt of like basically taking the virginity of a girl somehow? That's entirely possible. But then I'm thinking also about like Kurt Cobain's general. Feminist beliefs and I go like, hey, that probably doesn't quite fit. But you know, I'm a negative creep. And then going, Daddy's little girl and girl no more is repeating. And then going back to I'm a negative creep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's the second unison. Yeah, from the for the podcast tonight. Um. No, that makes sense. I could see that. Uh, hope it's not. Where are you gonna put it? 
He also says this is out of our range. This is out of our range. This is out of our range, and it's crude. Maybe he got a girl pregnant, and they're trying to figure out, like, I'm a piece of shit. I shouldn't be taking care of a kid. That's that's possible too. Yeah, and if you look down at the uh, bridge when they when they say yeah, drone stoned, this could actually be a um. <laughs> somebody already left, so I don't have to finish. Um. <laughs> It's a statement about the uh, about Desert Storm. Um, <laughs> God damn it, Cody! <laughs> Just leave it at that, you fucker. <laughs> All right. Oh god. Um, which one is fucking Scoff? Oh fuck. Yeah, let's move on to Scoff because I love Scoff. Scoff. Click. It's track. It is just this crazy fast, angry song that's about how empowering substances are to people. And it's, it feels really fascinating to me because this was. This album was written and recorded in 89, and it feels like sort of a backlash to the whole 80s, very special episode about don't take drugs, don't be a drunk, without even understanding why people are doing that or trying to explain why people get to be that way and completely missing the point, not having any empathy towards it. And it's like, no, here is a song literally from that perspective from a guy who has drug issues and alcoholism issues and grew up in a house with alcoholics. Like, literally just the pre-chorus where he's where he's just going, give me back my alcohol, give me back my alcohol, and then the actual chorus is, heal a million, kill a million? Ooh, that's, that's, mm, yes. I also just love how unhinged she is when he's singing "Giving Back My Alcohol." Mm-hmm. He sounds like your literal drunk dad who you took the alcohol away from to try and fucking stop him from going crazy. Um, the first thing I'll say is this is the song I was talking about. We're like near the latter half. It was the first one where I wasn't really vibing with it. Really? Yeah. Just because, like. I don't know. Maybe this song specifically isn't the best driving around music. Mm, that's fair. Because <laughs> for me, the times where it was coming over, it was like slightly annoying, like music that my brain couldn't latch on to while I was like processing other things as I moved through the city. So I don't this know. This is much more like mosh pit music. Yeah. Um, I can see that. One thing I... How was I thinking about it? It was like... I could also see this just like... Some music that's like... Loud but not that loud in the background of like a tattoo parlor. Or like a, somewhere where there's like... A little bit of cigarette smoke in the air. And like maybe a candle. Oh, um, hell yeah. 
I could I could see this like blaring when you walk into like a more gothy record store. Yeah. It's definitely not driving music, is what we're agreeing on. <laughs> Good thing I was driving. Um, Sick dog. Sick bro. Way to play against, go against fucking conventions. Yeah. Stick it to the man. <laughs> what else is there? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just like talking about a dude who's an alcoholic. It's, it's classic, right? What you know, um, which is what Swap Me is probably also um, going for because it, if it, it's one of the more storytellery, if that's that's even a proper term, uh, it's one of the more story like songs on this album. And it's very clearly him trying to paint a picture of, like, a backstory that he put on to two people that he saw at some point in his life. Presumably at a swap meet. Is that... Guys, is that fair to say? I I mean, yeah. Sorry, I was like... I was thinking about the lyrics and trying to figure out some thoughts to say, because yeah, it's a. It also has a. I don't. It has a. I keep saying this regular Nirvana like later album Nirvana vibe, but rougher around the edges. You know, like it could like, it doesn't have as much polish as some other ones thing, as some other songs. Yeah, uh, and it's just about like. It's kind of about a dead end, not a relationship, but dead end friendship that they, it kind of feels like they both kind of want it to be more, but they they're too comfortable with it. Neither of them has the guts to take that next step. It's uh, you know what it is? It's the fucking consummate mid two thousands will they won't they cartoon friendship. But also, there's like a layer of like. They're kind of, they're, like that. A lot of their this lifestyle is, that is comfortable. They travel far to keep their stomachs full. They make a living off of arts and crafts, the kind with she sells driftwood and burlap. You know, it, it's about like a couple arty people who make bullshit, sell it to people who don't give a shit, and and that time together is important but like they can't sort of barely existing yeah god i know (laughs) i know a very specific 100 percent fit to this exact song and that's weird not not bringing it up not nothing about me no it's presumably i know them because I have a feeling. I don't want to bring. Oh, after. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 I mean, this song is like I said. I presume this song is based off of two real people that he observed at one point. So it, it's entirely possible that it's an archive or archetype that anyone could observe. 
I mean, yeah. It's all about, like, it's just, it's a shitty rom-com in the form of a song. Mm-hmm. It's also got, like, this really nice sort of repetitive just da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
It is what it is. Yeah. Oh shit, we gotta get to the next track fast, otherwise she's gonna come in here and tell us why that's a shitty phrase. I'm, getting... I'm liking a... the song more a little bit now. I don't know, I don't have much I like the way he sings in Mustard Mustache, it's just kind of that slowly releasing the words. Yeah. The fucking the riff reminds me a bit of Cheeseburger. Um, the Jimmy Buffett song? No, like the band. Oh. Um, they did the uh, Super Jail theme. Oh, oh yeah, no, I know what you're fucking talking about. Okay. I, I get what you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the the riff kind of sounds... Or, like, this ass end of the riff sounds a little bit like uh, it's a fucking step away from uh, that surfing riff that you always hear. I'm pretty sure that's a public domain song. Oh, probably. It might be. So are we on to the next? Yeah, let's let's go for it. Yeah, and I kind of have equally less to say about this one. Because I just, I didn't get this one. Sifting. Yeah. Uh, which is the original last song of the album uh, before it got re-released after Nirvana became big with uh, Nevermind. Oh, okay. So this is the original last song of the album. Which is all about, like, ch- like, fuck the church, fuck religion, bullshit. You know? Hmm. Weird. I'm usually really into that kind of shit. I really vibe on that, usually. This just... This didn't hit. Shame. But it's... But, like, uh, the the line cross self-loss wouldn't it be fun? It's like, losing your individuality to the church and religion and that kind of thing. Mm. Basically, in, in the next line, wet your bed, wouldn't it be fun? Kind of, like, making fun of it. It's like, in, in, to me, in the same vein, as like your parents going, like, well, you wouldn't jump off a bridge if your friends did it, would you? You know? Well, that fucking depends on a lot, doesn't it, Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of basically saying like, fuck religion because I can't be an individual in it. You know, don't have nothing for you. It like that's the thing. It, it like religion and faith doesn't have nothing for you, but like you have to give it so much. That kind of vibe. I think because it is very a deliberate song it doesn't flow as easily that's probably true do you have any thoughts codes not really that's okay yeah i mean 
like I said, like uh, this was the part of the album where like I felt like I was falling off, um, where it was falling off for me. I can literally understand that, and it is the last song of the original album. But I'm pretty sure you guys listened to Big Cheese and uh, Downer. I did, yeah. and I actually like Big Cheese a bit. It's a, uh, it's a pretty good kind of like just fuck having a boss song. But it's also specifically fuck the record executive that thought Nirvana wouldn't be shit. Hmm. Because um. You click Big Cheese, make me, uh, make me, mine says, go to the office, Big Cheese, make me, mine says, one that stays. Uh, that apparently is specifically, is applied to Bruce Pavitt and Jonathan Poneman, uh, the founders of Sub Pop. Basically, the idea that um, Nirvana wouldn't be, wouldn't be huge. They underestimated potential and uh, that kind of thing. So it's kind of like a, hey guys, fuck you, we're good. Huh. This you know? is the one where I was getting a bit of a Primus vibe. Um, not necessarily... The Transformer? No. no, there's a band called Primus. Oh, okay. Well, with you saying that, oh god, with you saying that, I'm definitely putting an album on there. I was, I, I pulled up a fucking list of their albums to figure out which one I wanted to put on there. Uh, do the one, do the one with the Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Um, because isn't that like one of their big hit ones? Yeah, let me see if that's a. I wanted to do. Let me, see, let me make sure this just doesn't actually have it on there. I don't think it does. I mean, you don't have like. I'm just saying, like, do do the one with like the classic, some of the classic Primus songs. Yeah, Johnny's Red Car Driver. Did they do Johnny's a race car driver? Yeah, that's famously them. Yeah. Um, they also did a whole cover album of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Amazing. Yeah, they got um. Fizzle Fry has uh, John the Fisherman on there, famously from Guitar Hero. Mm. Um, but is this the one with the the bastards? It's got Pudding Time on there, which is a song I'd like to hear you respond about. Um, but I can definitely see the Primus vibes, especially with uh, uh, going big cheese all the time. It is it is a very Primacy kind of lyric. Yeah. See, it's actually a reference to that album cover where they had a big piece of cheese on it. Yeah, it's good. It's just a little one note. Yeah, and, and especially it doesn't... I don't want to, uh, What's the best way to describe it? It does feel a little tacked on because it wasn't the intention of the album, you know? Uh-huh. It was it added like later. They're quoting about their later success that comes after this period. Yeah. Um, but the last one is uh, do do downer. It's okay. And this is also another very 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 punk one, and it's a lot more hardcore, as in like the punk genre, not as in like. It's hardcore, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. I like... It says, Kurt said about the song, I was trying to be Mr. Black Flag punk rock guy, 
I didn't know what I was talking about. It's a it's a song written by a young man who doesn't fully understand the genre he's in yet. Yeah, because that's the thing about grunge is like it, it kind of it is an offshoot of punk. Yeah. Like Nirvana's a punk band. Yeah, I definitely get that now that I've listened to this album. I mean, they're not a punk band in the same way that, like, Fishbone's a punk band, or, like, Boingo Boingo has some punk elements, or, like, Black Flag, for example, or Blink-182, or Green Day, or Lagwagon. They're not a punk band in that way, but they're definitely in that same branch of the rock tree. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, I really like that he brings back the motif of making fun of his own lyricism here and making fun of people getting invested in it. Because the chorus is, somebody says that they're not much like I am. I know I can make up enough, make enough up the words as you go along. I sing a song. Yeah, it's kind of like a micro version of uh, that one song by Blues Traveler. Mm-hmm. Or it almost feels like he's sort of acknowledging the sentiment that presumably after this was the Weird Al song. It would have been much, much later, like way after, like because Nevermind came out in 1992, I think. OK, I think. Hold on. Let me let me check. I, I know can't... that Weird Al album was like early mid 2000s it came out it's it definitely came out after episode one because that's the album a saga begins is on uh 1991 is when nevermind came out and now you got me fucking trying to fucking motherfucker fuck you (laughs) sorry i found the album i wanted to put on there so i'm doing it excellent Yeah, no, Smells Like Nirvana came out in 1992. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. And I think this has been a pretty interesting album, if not a whole ton to ring out of it, like there usually is with our album episodes. I mean, it... There's a lot of meaning behind some of the lyrics, but it's kind of it's laid to bear. A lot of it is. Yeah, I mean this parts of this kind of has the same thing that happened when we did that Elvis episode where we were like, yeah, this is all good and the thoughts are all here to talk about, but there's there's not a lot to read into them. Like, we can't go into the pol- the, po- the political structure of Nirvana because that's, mu- that's much more of their later albums like we could have done with Rage Against the Machine. Hmm. And we c- I couldn't talk about, like, the, 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 the lack of popularity like we did with Fishbone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's Nirvana. It's like trying to fucking do a review of a Beatles record. Nirvana kind of is what it is. Either you get it, you're in on it, or you just haven't looked at it yet. So uh, thanks for making me look at it, Chris. I appreciated it. 
it's also one of it's also the Nirvana record that gets like the least amount of love because people love Nevermind, people love In Utero, people love Insecticide, but Bleach always kind of gets like oh yeah, and then, and then there's Bleach. Bleach was then finding their footing, wasn't it? Please don't ever do that voice again. <laughs> You don't like my musical historian voice? <laughs> in and out of that accent like three times in that one goddamn sentence. <laughs> you are shit at accents. I am, but I feel like that's kind of the point with this accent, you know? It's, uh, it's like you're it's, trying to do a fucking Liverpool accent, but I then you go to just... <laughs> I'm trying to sound like somebody who's trying to sound like they're smarter than they are, aren't I? So I'm kind of going in and out of shit. That's my justification, motherfucker. Where the fuck is Pack from? (laughs) What? Where is Pack from? Who's Pack? Pack. Pack? Oh, fucking the wrestler. He's from Liverpool. I know that. I wasn't even trying to sell like Pac. I was just trying to sell like the snooty fuckers that fucking Todd in the Shadows occasionally shows clips of. The only thing I can think of is the guys from Oasis. <laughs> god damn it. The Gallagher's. Oh my god. Uh, any other final thoughts on this album, sirs? I like the album art. Yeah, it's neat. I enjoyed my first soiree into reviewing an album. Fucking dope. I'm glad you, you, you had a good time. And, you know, uh, go ahead and get out your phone, look at social media for 20 minutes, because Chris... Wait, wait, wait. We got to find out what we're doing next. Oh, my God. How do I keep forgetting that? This is like three weeks in a row. I'm sorry, it's everybody. because you don't want to do a podcast next week. That's why. That's true. I really don't. But, you know, we're going to do it anyway. I don't know. I think it's just like a subconscious aversion to work because I'm the one who has to edit this shit tomorrow night. (laughs) Anyways, I'm spinning the wheel. Next time on Analytical Fanboys, we will be discussing... Oh, fuck. All right. Hell yeah. It's one of my suggestions. We are talking about WCW Halloween Havoc 1998. Hey, that's literally topical. Yeah, that's a classic wrestling pay-per-view, and we will be talking about that during, the for us, the first Friday of October. Or the first Saturday of October, sorry. Pretty, uh, pretty coincidental there, guy. I'm, dude, I'm as fucking ha- surprised and, like, jazzed about it lining up with shit as you are. I, I spun the fucking wheel. Do you need me to fucking show you the screen capture right now? No. But I've been sure. playing a lot of Among Us recently, and, uh, I don't know, man. Pretty sus. Well, I wish I had the money to get that, because it looks fun. Bitch, hang on. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, classic 
wrestling pay-per-view next time. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be... When was RoboCop and WCW? Oh, God. I do not know. Let me, uh... Let me Google machine that real quick. Chris, what's your name on Steam? Uh, hold on. I think... If you scroll up, you can find my profile, but I'll get it again real quick so I can just. Because he I'm... was in Capital Combat, a pay-per-view that took place in Washington, D.C. in May of 1990. It's Wingo Ryder. Um... Oh, we're already friends on here. Yeah. How did that happen? Because I had an old account. I had it old uh, fucking on my Mac. But I never played any games on my Mac because it's fucking Mac. But yeah. It's on my wish list. Nice. So, uh... How do we want to start AEW this week? Because there's a lot of directions we can go. Boof, 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 boof. Um, well, first thing we got to, uh, we were, we were going to have uh, a triple man tag team match with Will Hobbs, Moxley, and uh, uh, Darby Allen versus Team Taz and Lance Archer. But Lance Archer came into contact with someone who came into contact with COVID, and he was like, nope, I ain't fucking putting anybody in danger. And he later confirmed on Twitter that he tested positive but isn't showing any symptoms. Yep. Um, which fucking... Thank you, Lance Archer. You are Get a... Well soon. Yep, yep, yep. You're a gentleman and a scholar and a monster. Great. So they basically had to come up with a new thing. And luckily, they had an angle ready built because one of their uh, wrestlers is really smart on the mic. Eddie Kingston, every time he's been given a promo, basically said, hey, yeah, by the way, I wasn't eliminated. So they had a perfect angle for just in case. How much you want to fucking bet they did that shit because just in case? Probably. You never know. I mean, Tony Khan's a smart kid. I Tony say Trump about a man who's like three years older than me. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But fucking. Yeah, it was it, it threw me a bit for a loop because I didn't know about it until I started the episode of Dynamite. But it was still a great match. And like, you know, Moxley had to have been excited about it because as soon as Eddie Kingston showed up in AEW, he was like, fuck, yeah, Eddie Kingston. I love that guy. Meanwhile, half the roster is like, who? We've never heard of this man. Yeah, they used to wrestle on the uh, uh, Combat Zone? Yeah, CZW. CZ dubs. But like, oh man, it was just great because there's already some built-in tension and like a really cool angle. Like, that's the thing about AEW I'm really enjoying is even their plan C's are fucking banger. Yeah. Because when you get, like, the plan C on WWE, it's like, uh, Roman wants the belt again. Sir, he has the belt. Shit. Well, he doesn't want his cousin to have the belt because of reasons. And I saw what you did, Cody. Thank you. 
Okay, just so you know, I just wanted you to know. I bought him the fucking five dollar game. <laughs> I have like fifty bucks in my goddamn name. You could have had forty five and still been fine. It's almost the same amount of money, Chris. And I never know when you want to hang out, so I'm always trying to make sure I have money. Just well, hey, this shit is cool though. I'm go- I'm glad that happened. Also, fucking, can I just go off on a fucking? Cause I watched. I actually watched some current WWE for the first time in, like, two or three months last night. And, dude, it was painful. Like, never mind one of their sexual assault allegations. I, like, literally wanted to throw up while I was watching King Corbin versus Matt Riddle. Because the promos were, like, the most obviously scripted garbage I've ever seen in my life. And then the match looked like literally both of them were asleep. And it was two segments. Two fucking segments for King Corbin versus Matt Riddle. Big oof. Big oof. Yeah. And then there's also retribution happening, and it's like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, fucking WrestleTalk, you guys have redeemed yourselves a little bit for putting out that what's your retribution name chart. Uh, I... And fucking, uh, what is it again? Stardog. That's my retribution name. Mine is White Blade. Awesome. <laughs> um, but no. I fight werewolf because I'm not regular Blade. We're natural enemies. I am the Stardog. You are the White Blade that can end the Stardog. This is a no. fucking anime. I mean, the leader of fucking Retribution is, is um, fucking Brennan Williams. Mm-hmm. So at least we're giving him shit to do. That's true. But no, back to AEW, because AEW is fucking great. Yeah. Um, uh, um, so I'm trying to think of what exactly happened, because that changed the main event, did all that kind of stuff. They Can did- I talk about the thing, please? Oh, you mean Robbie Rotten? Fuck you! Oh, no, 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 you mean about Emo Spider-Man. I hate those memes so much! (laughs) Fucking, my favorite professional wrestler, Cody Rhodes, came back, and he's got this new sort of, like, emo teen look to him, and literally all everybody is doing is fucking, lol, Emo Spider-Man, lol, My Chemical Romance, lol, Robbie Rotten, lol, 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 memes, memes, memes. And it's like... Oh, you idiots. That's that's the point. Oh, you gotta look at this from a character perspective. What is going on here is Cody is going to a dark place. He is going to that emo, like, fucking Batman, little fan, little kid listening to metal. I, I walk a lonely road. Like, people ironically put that song to the footage. But it works because that's what's going on in this motherfucker's head. Yeah, remember, he got the shit beat out of him after losing his belt. And then he watched his family, his fucking blood relations, get the shit beat out of them in front of him. All the while, his friends are too busy tearing themselves apart emotionally to come help him. From his point of view, he's going down that that depressed it 
And so he comes back in this, like, more aggressive version of his gimmick, and he fucked up Alan Angels. It was kind of awesome. And then I went on Reddit. Ah! I'm only memeing it because I know it bothers you. I thought it, I thought the angle was cool. I thought he looked fine. He looked good. Thank you. I'm only doing it because it pisses you off. And I love that he went back to his natural hair color, but because it was such a quick change, because he literally just finished filming the show, he drove to Jacksonville that day. It's a dye job, and it sh- it looks like it. It looks like he just finished dyeing it, and it's kind of it kind of feeds into the emo teenager thing to me. Yeah, no, that was fucking great. Um, who did? Oh yeah, uh, Orange Cassidy versus uh, Brody Lee was fucking great. Uh huh. It was a good uh, lead-in. What? It was a good lead-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fucking. The women's tag match was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great, hard hitting. I can't wait to see more of it. Also, we're getting Brett Baker next week. Yeah. Well, hey. And uh, Miro got fucked up. Yeah. I don't. Here's the thing. I think he may have just like briefly tweaked his ankle, and it was like, oh shit, because at the end of the match, he seemed fine. Mm-hmm. But and yet we're hearing reports backstage that people are calling his debut a disaster. I didn't understand that. It's just they didn't. Miro didn't. There was some weird thing in chemistry there. I'm not sure I mean, what it is. I didn't pay 100% attention to the match, but what I saw looked fine. It looked fine, but it wasn't phenomenal, which is what I think they wanted for him. Um. Fucking. Late night dynamite. You catch that shit? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what was on it though. Spears and Sidell, man. That oh shit yeah, that was, was great. Yeah, that was great. It's phenomenal. I'm glad they found a way to get Spears back on TV because I've like I watch Dark as much as I can, but I've legit missed seeing him on Dynamite. Mm, yeah, it, it just definitely feels like they want to play with other toys right now. And it's potentially but, testing the water for that second show that's supposed to start before the end of the year. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's a brilliant idea of having a pre-taped show that goes on after NBA shit. Yeah, it's like SmackDown used to be. But it makes total sense to do it. Like, Because I don't know if, the, if they had any ratings, but like following a big NBA stuff it makes total sense to have like, hey, by the way, stick around. We've got some wrestling for an hour if you Mm-hmm. And like an hour length show, ooh, takes me back to NXT on the network. Also, like if they wanted to, they break it up with, uh, say, a person who went to school for journalism who has experience talking about wrestling, who may have a connection to the company, who has experience doing a talk show about professional wrestling to kind of intercut in between matches, like. Yeah. I have a feeling she might be Canadian. Mm. You know, blonde maybe. It's very much a possibility. Mm. And it'll be really good if she lived in Las Vegas. Just saying. Oh, we can We're talking about a very specific person, Cody. 
Renee Young. Renee Young. Renee Young to AEW confirmed. It'd be cool though. She's a uh, uh, Cody. You don't know. She's John Moxley's wife. Ah uh, yes, John Moxley. The Who current the world champion. champion. Ah uh, yes, wrestling. <laughs> this is gonna be the whole podcast next week. Wrestling. Oh, no. Wrestling. I mean, we already did re- oh, one wrestling show with codes. Oh, and right. It went fine. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. See, like when it's when it's around that shit, man. Like I'm about, I'm about wrestling. I'm just I do not have the brain capacity to try to squeeze this shit in what y'all are doing because like there's other things. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Get, get back to your sweaty men loving each other. By the way, what? I'm gonna put next week's uh, the topic in the chat so you can remember, Cody. Yeah. But uh, the, that main event, though. Yeah, it was a banger. The 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 chop off. Oh, that was great. Dude. Grand. And then fucking going back to late night dynamite, they already did the blow off to uh Brandy and uh, Anna J. So like, they're kind of pushing Anna J and pushing her fast. What if she's going up against Sheeta soon? That'd be fun. Yeah. She looks, she's great. I also like how she's like the most, the second most confident member of the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Like you have Brody Lee, and then you have her, and then you have all the guys who are just like, "Hey, we're having fun." And they, all, and they all respect her and are like slightly afraid of her. Yes, for Dark Order's Cobra. Mm-hmm. And then fucking, oh my god, BTE this week? Like, I'm pretty sure Sam Jackson can retire, because Brody Lee is the best at screaming motherfucker now. <laughs> Just fucking slams the bag down on the ground. Sue walks back in and is like, what's going on? And without missing a beat, Sue, this motherfucker doesn't like your food. Throw papers at him. God. I love BTE just because it feels like so many of the wrestlers are just having fun. Mm-hmm. That's always it is... nice. Oh. Like, literally, I look forward to my lunch breaks on Monday now because I am I know I'm going to watch BTE. And I used to know I was going to watch Cyberverse, but Cyberverse ended this week, which is kind of sad, but it is good. I like the show while it lasts. Yeah. Uh, also, we have um, Mox's temporary faction coming in to save the day after, for lack of a better way of describing it, the family come in and try to rough Moxie up. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been a, a, not a permanent trio, but I really like Will Hobbs and Moxley and Darby all kind of being like around each other. It feels yeah, cool. And it I, feels right. I like how it seems that Mox has kind of taken both Darby and Will Hobbs under his wing now. Like it's like he's Batman, Darby is Robin, and fucking. Um, Will Hobbs is like Asriel or some shit. No, 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 swap it. Darby is Asriel, Will Hobbs is Robin. Will Hobbs is a pretty clean-cut babyface guy. Yeah. He's not like a weird, violent brawler like Moxley or Darby is. So, it, like, it in one sense, it doesn't make any sense why he's there. But then you turn around, it just makes total sense. It, it, it fits. It works for some reason. Yeah. I just realized... It's not exact. It's not a one-to-one. 
I think it's partially because Will Hobbs has a little bit of a Roman Reigns feel to him. Oh shit, you're right. Like a babyface Roman Reigns. Does that make Darby Seth Rollins? <laughs> no. That makes Darby like Shield era fucking Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Moxley's Rollins right now. <laughs> oh my god. That's so dumb and amazing. So much now. That's why Seth says he's trying to take food off his table. Is because John's playing Seth. What I'm saying, like Will Hobbs, kind of has that like a big tough bad guy who's good to everybody and kind, but also I'm willing to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. Also, he has a very cheesy but wonderful fucking catchphrase. It's willpower. Yeah. Yeah. It feels it feels like Keith Lee going I'm limitless. I'm limitless Lee. Yeah. But also I really like when uh when like he's hyping up with Mike Moxley, he's just like I want I wanna fight, man. Mm-hmm. I wanna fight, fight, let's fight. Like he's just standing there next to Moxley smiling and holding a chair, and it's like, yeah. is fantastic. I love it. But you know what else is fantastic? Because uh folks we're already uh we're already an hour and a half in, and we're gonna forego. Can I can I take a break? I need to piss. Okay, I'll be you right back. All right, I will actually break the recording here since we're an hour and a half in. All right, folks, uh, we're back after a short little break, and uh, now we're going to do something a little different because uh, we we normally would do our weekly vibes, like one individual thing for each person, just kind of random what we were into this week. But uh, this is uh, this is being recorded on uh, Saturday the 26th of September 2020. Hasbro PulseCon, uh, the first and presumably only ever Hasbro PulseCon, just got done. And there's a fuck ton of toy news that kind of interests all of us. So we're just kind of going to go through it from top to bottom. And I think since it's Hasbro, best place to start is the robots. I am so happy and thrilled and happy and also thrilled. It's the return of Beast Wars, bro. Transformers Kingdom. It's G1 meets Beast Wars. It's every fucking Gen X boomer's dream. Not only that, but like, so like, it's always cool to see the return of Beast Wars. And that's a really weird thing to say because that never happened. Um, no, so we, we've had, there's been like one or two toys, hasn't there? I mean, there's yeah, it's, it's generations. Cool I guess what I'm saying is like, Beast Wars is always going to be cool, but like, what I was scared of um, is, you know, because, like, we see G1 get repeated a lot. Um, but, you know, like, what I want, the, my most favorite thing about Earthrise and Siege and now Kingdom is what's new. You, you know, like, like the, you like the weaponizers, the new, the I new like, characters and stuff. I like the weaponizers, the new things, the new takes on certain things. But, yeah, for the most part. It seems that like my favorite shit from from every go is these weaponizers and now these fossilizers. Like bones, bone transformers, are you kidding me? 
Who made this? This is amazing. It's it looks a very like new idea. It looks like it's from a completely different toy line. It honestly does. Dude, no, um, I forgot what it was called, uh, but there was a line of toys that I was just... It, it's going to end up being one of those if I can't remember it. I hope to God Bro. as soon as I start talking about this. They had you know like clear bits and they were like bone, chrome bone dinosaur. Dinosaurs. I just realized. DNA. Here's what's fucking happening behind the scenes. The entire design team is going, oh shit, John Warden's leaving. He's not the boss anymore. He's going to go work on Power Rangers. Let's have fun. Like, that's that's is what it, it is. They're cutting loose and they're doing all kinds of weird shit in addition to the G1 shit that he mandates, usually. And also on, the, on his way out the door, he's going, oh yeah, and proof that I like Beast Wars. Because apparently that's been a thing with him online for the last couple of years is people saying he only likes G1 and doesn't even know what Beast Wars is. I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know. But also I'm, Kingdom could be related to Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely why they called it Kingdom, because animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also got to see a, the return of my favorite red boy Autobot tank. Warpath. And, and he looks his... he looks G1 cartoon as fuck. Yeah, and I know you probably don't like that that much, but I like me a Warpath that's like I wouldn't mind it if this leaned a little more towards like the fall of Cybertron Warpath where like he's got them nice round edges and he's got that soft appearance but he's also massive and like will bang See... boom pow through some shit. See, I don't like... mind the roundedness if it comes with some bulk. My problem with this is, like, it's round in the middle, but then there's these gangly-ass limbs hanging off of it. I kind of, like, I just went through, I just did a whole video about how I still love that old generation's deluxe, and I don't really think it needs an update. So I look at this and I go, this isn't really to my aesthetic taste, it's a definite skip, but I can see how you're into it, Cody. Yeah, I mean, for me, all I needed was like, all right, give me that beautiful Teletubbies sunshine baby head and give me the literal barrel chest Mm. and the boat shoes. And I got all those. If I had to nitpick anything, it's going to be the stupid ass wizard sleeves because I don't like that on any figure unless they're like the heavy assault. Just just them chainsaws. No, shut up. Um, They're chainsaws. No. Like, all right, all right, well, all right, so, like, Transformers are not a Megatron, or no, that wasn't Megatron, that was, um, the Scavenger, green, Scavenger, because he had the claws around the treads, and I remember seeing him grab somebody and, like, use the treads, and, like, that was a cool thing, and, like, I could get there, I just don't think it flows well on the arm of a figure. Because it ex- it over-exaggerates, like, the bend of a... Well, like, the reason it worked on Scavenger was his entire arms were the treads. I know. Here, with this Warpath, it looks like they're just kind of hanging off. Yeah, which is, for the for the most part, what they are doing. Um, but it's fine. Um, oh, I, I'm seeing that, like, there, it's, it's not even that it could transform or anything like that. That's a whole solid piece. Yeah. Um, I mean that's fine. 
because everything else, like to me, to my eyes, also, I didn't know he came with a shield, and I very much appreciate that as well. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, like it's part of his tank mode. But like, I don't know. I'm still going to love this figure. It looks like he actually does have wrists. I love when they give the characters who don't need wrists wrists. Like, yeah, they're like, all right. So the ones that you want them to have it, uh, yeah, no, no more, no more wrists for them. But the guy who literally has a gun in his body, let's give him wrists so he can wield some more guns, <laughs> which I won't argue with, but I will nitpick. Also, um, like you can attach I, the fossil arms to a person. Yeah, that shit's sick. Um, we'll get that. Like I haven't been into the weaponizers myself, but I gotta admit, something about just throwing bones onto a robot is kind of cool, dude. So like, because I also I don't know if you, uh, Vac, are familiar with um, Monster Hunter, but like I get that bit. vibe. It, I mean, because like that's what Monster Hunter is. You you kill a monster. You get their parts, you you use their shit to make other shit. You use it to make these big crazy ass it's literally like some crazy ass monster hunter stuff. Um but everything like from looking at like what if you wanted to weaponize this dinosaur fossil? Everything that I'd be like, I'd like to do this. They're like, Hey, here's these ideas and here's some others you didn't think about quite a, quite immediately. Like mm-hmm. tail sword mace, fine. Head that turns into Optimus Primal's mace. Excellent. Yeah. Um, tail sword mace that can combine with like his uh, where are also side note that specific character is an asymmetrical robot, um, which you know isn't that uh uncommon in Beast Wars stuff, but like you know G one everything most usual Transformers you see, you know everything is left and right, everything mm-hmm. is split right down the middle. It's whatever. Um, unless you got Megatron with like the gun on like his one side, but like this guy, like uh, his left arm is that weird under chest piece. Um, and I'm talking about, um, for the audience who, for the, anyone who's ever going to even know about Paleo Trex, the character that literally only Cody Burke of Palaka, Florida cares about. No one else cares about. Um, oh, way to dox yourself. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, like, he's asymmetrical, um, but that, that weird shoulder thing he's got turns into, a, a like, a battle axe when you combine it with the uh, sword, and also, by itself, it is a gun. Yeah. So, like, it's almost like all the weaponizer stuff, but streamlined because it's <laughs> narrow. It's, like, the thinness. And also, you could turn the fucking mouth into a claw-grabby thing. I also gotta say, even though I'm probably not gonna get them, I do like how all the principal Beast Wars characters who already have Masterpiece figures, Optimus, uh, fucking Megatron, Black Arachnia, and Cheetor, they all look like the design team just went, okay, we're gonna do the the uh the masterpiece but we're gonna backtrack it enough towards the original toy that we get rid of all the fiddly shit on those figures yeah i mean like that's the one thing is like i remember when i was very little and i got like impede whatever the fuck prime and i was like man these i want these instead of the normal toys but then as i got older i decided i actually I like my toys to be toys a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I like And you I want like, a fleshed out cast? 
yeah, like I like my Transformers to do what they're supposed to, but like I'm not a big fan of gimmicks ever. Um, unless, well, I'm not a big fan of like sacrificing something about the toy to fit in a gimmick. I should say that specifically. Like, you're in that kind of TJ Omega vein, maybe. Um, because I like my like because I have so many Transformers, which like before like the Golden Age is what I'm going to call this of like fucking toys, like the modern Golden Age. Like a lot of your figures, like even in Titans Return and stuff like that, and um, Combiner Wars, a lot of figures are just like, all right, here's a Transformer, no gun, which is yeah. disgusting to me. Like I get giving me a Spider Man with no weapons because it's Spider Man. What are you gonna give? I mean, yeah, there's stuff to give him like maybe a, give him a web effect part, but that'd be all I'd really need. Yeah, like but like Marvel Legends was very guilty of giving you a toy in a box with nothing around it. Um, yeah, like I have several because I. I've talked to Leaper because I love the character, so. Yeah. And now, like, I'm just looking at, you know, being literally swallowed by Hasbro stuff right now. Some Black Series figures are still very guilty of that, Mm -hmm. but it could kind of be excused for them because, like, they also have to, like, look like the fucking screen. Um, Also, um... That fucking those prime figures, those fucking arms micron Transformers Prime figures getting reissued for the tenth anniversary. That shit kind of came out of nowhere and it's dope. Yeah, see, what I didn't realize and what I do now realize is uh that Megatron. I like said whatever because I only saw the picture where like he's got the purple around him. I've seen a review for that figure and I want it. Because mm-hmm. The arms micron bat slash up. It's not just bat wings for him because it does all separate. And I've always wanted to own an arms micron figure, but it also like can make a crossbow with like, and it combines with like the arm cannon fusion cannon thing. I also don't own a Megatron from Prime. I have very few Prime figures. The ones I, I do have are very special, but I had Voyager Prime Megatron for a little bit, and he is pretty good. It's a it's one of my more favorite Megatron designs, even though it is a very generic Megatron. Um, I'd like to bring up the Cyclonus. Yes! Because the last Cyclonus I owned, um, I'm now realizing how long ago that came out. I remember I bought the Hot Rod, yeah, the Hot Rod and Cyclonus 2-pack. Battle in Space. Yeah, that came with, like, the little Matrix. And mm-hmm. it also came with the comic of which I lent to Chris, and he did get back to me, and I lost, and then forgot that I lost it and thought I never got it back from Chris. Um, <laughs> but I lent that to him in high school. Oof. So, you know, at but, the very latest senior year of 2012, which is... But this is it looks like they literally just said, yo, what if we did Universe Cyclonus, but we fixed every little problem with him and Honestly. just made the perfect Cyclonus? Because I got Universe Cyclonus last year. I'd never had him. And that's the same mold as Battle in Space Cyclonus. And that's a near-perfect figure, but there's like a few bits of articulation, I'd say, that are missing, and the color scheme's all wrong. This looks like it fixes that. Um, Cody? You never got it back. Oh my god. <laughs> Chris just turned on his camera and he's holding it for the audio. 
<laughs> so, so I manufactured getting it back and losing it myself. <laughs> I thought we, re- I thought we had the conversation recently where you're like, you literally said to me in my car. So it's super recent. Where you're like, no, I'm pretty sure I gave it back to you. Like, <laughs> you trust my memory? No. Um, incredible. Uh. Yet another fantastic Hascon, uh, Hasbro Pulse reveal. Um, that comic I'm was I'm a piece bad. of shit. <laughs> yeah. A new exclusive. It's going up for pre-order tomorrow. Oof. Um, um, so I'll remind me next time you want to hang out, I'll grab it and give it to you. I will. Um, um, I do know that the Cyclonus is also very tall, which is good. Ooh, yes, um, tall boys. I like his arms. I like the colors. Uh, I saw the, some people. Complain. The only possible gripe I could have against him is he doesn't come with his target master. But even then, it's like fucking grab a battle master off the clearance rack. Yeah, um, but that gun he does come with does look pretty attractive. I do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the primal. God, I love that head. It seems uh, a little off to me. Like, there's something about... I think it's just the fact that the paint isn't as bright as the original toy that kind of puts me off it. But I think it's probably a really good mold. This just, like... Looking at this stuff, as much as I love Beast Wars and everything else, you know, and as much as I love these designs, I just feel how close. Like, because, like, Armada Prime has Optimus Primal's head for the most part. Mm. You know, like, and like, there's other small little things. Like, we're 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 right there, dude. We're right there. We got they're they're doing prime stuff again. Just just a little teensy bit. Like they're doing they're sh- like that's a deep cut. They know they ca- like they're trying to show us we care. They care. We care, obviously, but they care. John Warden's gone. Don't worry, it's gonna get better. And like, dude, like if they start, cause like. I'm gonna be honest, man. I really like a lot of the designs in Beast Machines, like all of them, probably. Um, which I know a lot of people don't, um, and I don't know if that's because, like, that was probably the thing that I grew up with. That was like probably like the first time where I, like I got to watch some Transform. Well, no, because like, well, yeah, Beast Machines, mm-hmm. robots in disguise. Armada. Um, I had Beast Wars figures, and I had Transmetal Beast Wars figures, but I don't think the show was on, or at least I didn't watch it. I know I never watched it as a kid. I played, like, the game. Because um, my cousins had it. Anyways. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it feels like we're close. Like I, It feels like I really want this to, like, just keep going. I don't want it to be a trilogy. I want, like, the next thing to like start ringing, reining in some like other Armada figures and stuff like that. Well, I almost wonder because this is the end of the G1 wrap up slash let's do a bit of Beast Wars trilogy. What if the next trilogy is just Unicron trilogy in modern day? Dude. <sighs> Man, bro. Like, don't even say stuff like that. Cause, I'm like, not getting my hopes up or anything. I'm just saying that what, what, that could be a thing they do. 
Cause like, mini, like they could do they could do some really cool stuff with mini cons. Bro, mm-hmm. like don't even at me with so many cons, all right? Because I don't even want to relive that, man. I like I love those so much. Um I mean, there is one more thing we could touch on from the Transformer side of things, which is we finally got to see what uh fucking uh, the red Prime RC and Beast Wars Cheetor figures look like. Hey, what are those? Are those just non-transforming, like... Yeah, it's Hasbro doing a retail... It's Hasbro doing Marvel Legends Transformers. I'm probably not still gonna get any of them. I'm tempted the to buy the RC just to show yeah. support for Prime as a section of the brand, because that's still my favorite Transformers cartoon. But like, I don't. I'd probably put it. I'd probably open it, mess with it for twenty minutes, and then put it on a miscellaneous shelf. I don't know that it's going to be in scale. If it's in scale, then that's something to stand up next to, like some of the other ones. But like, well, if, if she uh, was in scale, she'd have to be tiny. So I doubt they're doing that. I mean, you never know. You probably know. We we probably know, but you never know. Um. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else, if, the, if anything else, to bring up about these. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the big sprawling art that we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff they didn't show the toys of, but is kind of stealth revealed there. That looks pretty cool. Like, you got Gears. You got my boy Inferno. You got fucking Huffer. And the fucking the robot mode for the Ark toy that, was, that they leaked a solicitation for a few weeks ago. And uh, also, they're saying that this arc figure resembles a character called the Last Autobot, who I'm not familiar. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. Okay. Yep. I'm not familiar with it either, so you'll have to link me to whatever you just looked at. I just typed it in on Google, and like I'm looking up some stuff, and like, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of these pictures. It's like the head. Let me let me pop back over. Pop back over. Mm, okay, makes sense. Yeah, that's literally its head. Yeah, I I can see that. Interesting reference. Um, be cool. I like his uh, big old boots, big old jet boot boots. Yeah, he's got the fucking entire back of the arc for his shins. That's kind of awesome. Um, I'm going to throw one out here for this little crocodile guy at the bottom. Um, probably going to be a core class figure, hopefully as a weaponizer or a fossilizer. Um, yeah. doesn't really matter though. Whatever it is, I'm buying it and I'm going to love it so much. Cause like, that's adorable and I love it. Mm-hmm. Huffer or no pipes. Sorry. Um, or no, wait, it is Huffer. Right? It's Huffer, Huffer on the art. But that also implies a pipes because they're literally yeah. just the same character, the same toys, but in different colors. Who's that um, one dude with like polar bear arms on the bottom left? That's fucking Polar Claw, bro. We're getting Polar Claw. That's probably Ooh. gonna be a Voyager or a leader. Holy dude, Waspinator! I had a toy of him. I think. I think I had like Beast Machines Waspinator. Commander class Polar Claw. No. Make it happen, Maybe. Hasbro. No. Make my dreams come true. 
what would be the other commander classes? Like, I wouldn't even know. What if we got a fossilizer? I'm still holding out hope for tidal wave, baby. Also, this Galvatron is still very much uh, the Titans Return Galvatron. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably just going to be that figure, but with a good head. Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw like the Super Megatron, but like they updated the legs on that one. Mm. And it's like, it's got those legs, those Titans Return legs, but they put like ankle pivots in there. So it works out really well. Um, I hope it's not like, I hope it's something more streamlined. Um, Because I don't want to see Titans Return anymore. Um, That's true. But uh, for sake of time in everyone's brain. Yeah. Let's uh let's move on to GI Joe because there was only a little bit of that revealed but it was all interesting like uh first and foremost most striking thing for me right away uh they're doing they're doing a new version of the Cobra Trooper that's slightly different comes with a few less accessories but it's going to be at mass retail here is your army builder which means I still have to get at least one of those other Cobra Troopers. Yeah, I'm going to get that one, and I'm going to put the pauldron on his arm, and he'll be the officer, and then I'll get, like, 80 of these dudes, because these they'll be cheaper. I just I, I just like the eyes, the the the, uh, the goggles from the other thing. That's true. Um, but I will say I am still deeply disappointed, because there's a high chance I might not be able to snake one, um, pun intended. The uh, the Cobra Viper, which is one of my favorite like mass Cobra characters, like that's that's my favorite. Like I love the Cobra Bat as a toy, but the Cobra Viper is a better toy. So I actually had, I actually had a three and three quarter inch. I think it was. I'm not sure if it was 25th anniversary or like a later version of that mold, but I know it was the 25th anniversary mold Cobra Viper. I had for a little bit. And I do have a lot of attachment to that look just because of that figure. I remember really liking it um, when I was younger. This is this is like early mid-teens in my life. Um, but um, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little put off by this figure, the Cobra Viper, just because something about the the silver they used on the helmet doesn't look right to me. I think it should be shinier. Really? Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Um, Because I forgot. I watched Pulse all day. I watched Mm -hmm. this all day. And when they talked about this, they literally brought that up. They were like, the way we photograph this figure doesn't actually show how shiny the uh, visor is. They literally said something about it. And I wasn't really thinking about it because I just accepted it. But I forgot, like, the one that I had, I could could see my reflection in. And you could borderline do that with this figure. God, it looks so good. It really does. But again, these are going to be, these are being released as Target exclusives. And given that we're getting it with the Cobra Trooper, I would not be surprised if in a few months, these go to mass retail with a slightly different accessory loadout. Who knows? I know we're getting that Firefly. How do you feel about Firefly in a bomb vest? I... I really want to like it. I really do. But the vest just looks too cumbersome on him. I prefer my Firefly to be wearing like a tight-fitting coat. That vest isn't for him. Who's it for? That's for a fucking 
army builder iron grenader mm, yeah they're probably uh they're getting that tur- that tooling in there early yeah i mean i bet i bet that bitch just popped right on up there man you know i like the shoulder pad i like the figure in general uh some of the posing they did for it is whatever um mm-hmm. i like Fucking zartan though yeah zartan's good zartan looks and- sexy as hell he looks like he's from Mortal Kombat. I know. I mean, he always did. And he comes with like the fucking monkey's paw and the key, the fucking key to the Cobra base, and he's got a backpack with an alternate face in it. Oh, you know that's who good that shit. Face kind of looks like Doctor Mindbender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Question, that's what are going. these. Retro cards, the six-inch figures, or are they re-releasing three-inch ones? These are slightly newly sculpted re-inched uh, three-and-three-quarter-inchers. This is a retro line exclusive to Walmart that they're doing. I don't even think they're, like, really that... I don't think there's any new sculpting in there. Destro looks kind of new to me. Like, that face sculpt looks brand new. As somebody who stared at the uh, multi-pack a lot, I don't think it's new. This is based on Roadblock here. looks doesn't look old. It looks pretty no. recent. No, the that's roadblock... definitely an old face. I had a figure with that face. I remember. Okay. The Roadblock's oh. body looks like it's from the 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recognize that a... vest though. That's what I was saying. Let me uh, get away from these Zartan. God, God, they did so good with Zartan. Um, the Destro's old, but the where are you? Scarlet looks like looks like the Scarlet mold we've had since the 25th anniversary, but it looks like it's a new paint scheme. It looks like the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, like I have that M60 right there that Roadblock's holding. I mm-hmm. don't have the 50 cal, but I have the M60 and I have that uh, bandolier accessory because I have a bunch of those 30th anniversaries, and that's what that is. Because like that's a more modern figure. Because there was a 25th anniversary roadblock that didn't look like this. Mm-hmm. That had, like, the actual vest on it. I like this, though. I'll actually get this. I'm probably going to skip on the uh, um, Scarlet and the uh, Destro. Because I... Mm. Eh. You know. How are you feeling about the Fang? That, that little helicopter vehicle? Because I think um, it's just neat that they're getting vehicles in there. I'm buying it again. Because, like, these are vehicles I didn't get to get. Um, also, I mean, I have Snake Eyes in my lap. Um, and it's the retro-carded Snake Eyes. Throw out to, like, whenever this comes out, because I didn't pre-order it. Um, if you see this stocked anywhere, I need at least one. Um, I'm going to try to get one, but, like, I definitely need a Cobra thing. If, whenever they roll out them treble bubbles, dude, oh my god. Well, I'll keep an eye out. And that's also kind of why I like the Fang. I hadn't heard of the vehicle before this reveal, but it just looks like a shitty treble bubble to me, and I kind of like that about it. Like, this is what the idiots who they don't trust with the treble bubbles get to fly, because the treble bubbles are expensive. This is, um... There's a lot of fun G.I. Joe vehicles. There's, like, the weird gliders, um... I don't know. I'm trying to think of some of the stuff I'd like to see them re-release. I'd like to see a um, a, a, what was it, the Mobat? That's what they call their tank because it's got their their two barrel tank. No, actually, I think their tanks are just T80s. 
um, which is like a Sovietish tank, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, the one thing I will say is like a lot of this looks pretty crisp. Um, mm -hmm. That front bit's got some articulation. I like the figure it comes with. Um, I don't know. The The thing that surprises me the most is I did not expect them to to charge $25 for these. The the, the they're charging twenty five dollars for the fucking three and three quarter inch figures. No, they're charging twenty five dollars for the vehicles that come with the figure. That's I can kind of see that. I'd rather it be twenty, no, but no, I can kind of see it. Oh no, I'm saying like that's I was expecting like thirty or forty bucks, especially for like the his tank. That's a chunky little like boy. The 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 thing I could see is a little bit cheaper, but like. These three and three quarter inch figures are twelve dollars. Like, I mean, that's a lot of plastic for the little. I mean, yeah, it's like it's molds that have like stood the test of time. I don't know if you know this, but like those are literally the nineteen eighties toys. Mm. Those the vehicles, they're literally the nineteen eighties toys. I did not. That's an interesting thing. Um, yeah, like the his tank and stuff like that, and like because. I've played with them. I have, um, I forgot what like, the little, uh, their little dune buggy thing is, but I have like the, I have the target exclusive two pack they did where it was like, uh, the snake dude who rides on the snake glider. I forgot what his name was. Serpent Supreme, maybe if that's snake glider, his name is snake glider. Serpentor. Serpentor. Um, and there was a two pack with Serpentor and like, a dude sitting in like this little anti-aircraft thing that was meant for like one guy to slide in. Um, and then I have the other two pack where it was like, or no, it's not even another two pack. It's just like the buggy by itself. Um, those toys were like the original eighties ones. Um, but like they were updated in ways of like having, uh, peg holes and stuff for these new figures. And these new figures fit in these more. Unless I'm completely wrong about this, but from what I understand, most of these are, like, soft reuses. I mean, it's just, like, what they do with, like, the Kenner stuff for Star Wars for the three and three quarter inch now. Where, like, the X-Wings and stuff like that are literally based off of the original X-Wing toys. Mm -hmm. They're, like, from the same mother mold. Huh. Um, which, it's, well, it's neat, though. Like, that, that shows you how good, because, like... It doesn't need to do a lot. It doesn't need to articulate. It's a helicopter. It just needs to spin and shoot and stuff. The figures fit in right. Yeah. But uh, I think that's enough for G.I. Joe. So let's go on to uh, the thing that is probably the most divisive uh, Hascon, has PulseCon, because Hascon is a different thing. Hascon is an in-person event that they only did once five years ago. PulseCon been... is the only what has been god damn it um let's talk about power rangers and how i fucking hate the power ranger fandom because they're all ungrateful entitled spoiled children because there was some cool stuff revealed today and i'm slowly posting it all because unlike all the other news sites i go to for toy news toku nation decided to make it all separate articles um i and... will oh sorry uh well i was just gonna i was gonna go from most boring to most interesting in my opinion and like starting off with that retro line 
people are really fucking pissed about these because like oh my god it's more mmpr oh my god they're wasting an exclusive slot on mmpr and i'm like y'all do do y'all play any attention to anything besides power rangers because literally every hasbro brand is getting a walmart exclusive retro line right now that's just a thing they're doing at the moment and it's not like they just put out the old figures again these look like new molds to me I mean, they wouldn't have the rights to the old figures as those were done by those were made and owned by Bandai. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can kind of get people being upset because Bandai did reissue the the actual original figures shortly before they lost the license. But like, I saw those once when they were being sold as overstock at an Ollie's. I've never seen those actually show up at Walmart. So this is probably for people who missed out on that, and it's for Hasbro to get their stamp on sort of the original version of the brand. See, I saw both, um, but I also never had like these toys. So like, no. it's whatever for me. I mean, yeah, I feel you on the most boring part. Like, and I mean, I don't care about them, which is why they're the first thing I want to talk about. But I, I also like I I do care about them because I'm annoyed at how pissed off people got. It's like. This should have just been an easy skit for everybody, but instead we spent 20 minutes griping about it on Twitter. What the fuck? Uh, but then we have uh, a a new Pulse exclusive for the Lightning Collection line. We are getting our first metallic armor figure, and it's Mighty Morphin Pink Ranger, Catherine. Our first Catherine figure is fucking uh, metallic armor pink, which is kind of cool. Because season three, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, back half of season three, they got the metallic armor. Um, I don't believe Kim ever got to use metallic armor. Uh, it was entirely Cat's Fang. And I saw some people complaining about this and one other uh, unmorphed head sculpt saying it doesn't really look like the actor. And I'm kind of like... Is that a bad thing, though? Because all we've done is complain about how the head sculpts try to look like the actors and don't. This one looks like they're just kind of giving up and doing the Marvel Legends more so. We're trying to get the spirit of the character rather than trying to capture a specific look. I don't know. It looks like... interesting to me. Um, I didn't think that the uh, the face looked that bad. I have no knowledge of like what the actor looked like. Uh, um, let me see if I can get a picture of her real quick. I just thought that the uh, the effect that comes with the bow was cool. Um, and I'm about like this glossy, or this like metallic-y, sparkly shit they got going on. It feels like a toy from like the early 2000s. See, that's her. And I feel like this is like a comic figure of her. Like what she would look like if she was a comic character and they did a Marvel Legends. You feel me? Oh, but it's man. also pretty. It's it's kind of close. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. They um, may have also not had the rights to her likeness. That's entirely possible. I also dig the choice of instead of just doing a metallic paint job, they they she's translucent plastic with glitter all through it. That's kind of cool, in my opinion. Well, when they were talking about this in the actual thing. They said that, like, they said they got metallic armor, but, like, the way it ended up being is, like, they had, like, this, like, shiny silk spandex, 
which kind of mm-hmm. looked glittery, so they they leaned more into the glittery part. Yeah, um, that's a huge complaint people have with the metallic armor is that it isn't actually armor. And uh, I mean, I, from what I saw and from what this is, it, it pretty much looks exactly right. Um, they, they might be hitting a little too hard on some of the sparkles, but I don't have a problem with that because I don't have a hardcore connection. But like, I mean, I'm attracted to this. I think this is neat, you mm-hmm. know, um, because the other thing is the glitter isn't painted on. It's apparently in the plastic. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's what the metallic armor looks like in the show. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so no, it's a lot more glitter than I thought it was. Yeah. But as a toy, this is, like, perfect. It's a, it's the right kind of scale for trying to replicate that kind of stuff. If I was going to say anything, yeah, you know what, never mind, it looks... The helmet has some of the glittery specks on it, mm-hmm. but it is more metallic than the rest of it, and that does fit with everything. If it had a little less specks, then it would probably be perfect, but, like... It also doesn't matter. Yeah. I, and I it's, it's probably done a figure I'm probably going to skip. Who like, owns Beetleborgs? I think Hasbro what? does now because they bought Saban's entire library, not just Power Rangers. Bro, give me some Beetleborgs. <laughs> give me the big um, bad Beetleborgs. But fucking Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna skip this, but the fact that this head sculpt of cat exists now means we're probably getting a Zeo Ranger, a pink Zeo Ranger, and that's the cat I want. So kind of like soft confirmation of that makes me happy. But then we have the official reveals of Wave 7 of the Lightning Collection, which is Dino Thunder Red, uh, MMPR Green, and the Z-Putty, along with a repack of MMPR White. Um... So it's a very MMPR heavy wave, and it's also kind of a re-release heavy wave, in a way, because the Mighty Morphin Green Ranger is meant to be him from Green with Evil. We do have a Mighty Morphin Green Ranger, but it's the version of the suit from Fighting Spirit, which is the one with the silver stripe on its helmet. Um, And we do already have two releases of the putty. We've got the release that came in that two-pack with the Green Ranger, and then we got the two-pack of just two different putties. But this is the Z putty. This is how the putties looked in season two and then the rest of the show. So it's kind of a new figure, but it's uh, it's like there's some new sculpting rather than just being a whole new figure. Um, And the same can be said for MMPR green. And then MMPR white is just straight up a repack. So I can see how people are upset about that. It's the first time they've done that. But also, MMPR White was the first figure in the line, and it's probably a little more hard to find now. So they're just keeping that in circulation, which I think is a good thing. And all the stuff, again, this is a wave where everything in here, I'm like, yeah, I would get that. Because that's something I'm interested in, and it kind of adds to something that's already there. We just got Dino Thunder White, so getting the Red Ranger now. Even though the civilian head sculpt isn't the best, again, I think they're going for more that generalized look rather than trying to actually be that actor. And the, I, the head sculpt's mucking with me a little bit just because it looks a little like 10 years older than it's supposed to be. That's true. His eyes are a bit sunken. Okay, so the thing I wanted to bring up about this, um, because like the, the putty guys interest me, and something about seeing, uh, whenever I was looking at this reveal, I was like, the body doesn't seem right. 
the the colors on everything doesn't seem right. I guess for what whatever the first like the putty patrollers, mm-hmm. um, they have dark gray boots that are like no lace. They have a little belt, and then they have like these black swirls that are different on their bodies. Yeah, and that was the pets. season one putties, and then this is because uh, Lord Zed had his own putties in season two, and it's a slightly different suit. Okay, I do see. Let me look up Lord Zed putties. And the whole thing with the putties in season one was you just beat them up, and eventually they go away. The putties in season two, that big Z on their chest. The literal object of the first fight of most episodes was hit the Z in the middle of their chest and they explode. Man, I gotta say, I wish I didn't look up what these guys look like. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so they did what? They, they, that looks better than... We order Evil Green Ranger and uh, Dino Thunder Red on Hasbro. But uh, fucking the Z putties were already sold out because I'm because there's probably a lot of people who are buying multiples trying to army build them, which, you know, respect. I I want to do that too though, so I'm probably gonna hunt down one or two of these at retail. Um, but yeah, and then also, uh, I I like that they're kind of getting around. They're trying to for the Power Rangers fans skirt around the whole Target exclusivity thing that's going on. Because these could have easily been Target exclusives. And we have actually had a Target exclusive Lightning Collection figure, Dino Thunder Black. Or not Dino Thunder, uh, Dino Charge Black was uh, Target exclusive. So I had to eBay him. And I didn't pay too much of a markup, so I was fine with that. But uh, for these guys, there's just Target exclusive packaging. Yeah. Um, I like the black. Mm-hmm. The, the, the front... Um, like the logo on the front, the the words Power Rangers is in like foil, and mm-hmm. they have like a slightly different packaging. Like that's, I think that might be evidence of Hasbro wanting to pull away. But like, dude, there's just been so many, dude, so it's, many Target exclusives. Like, it's a contract they're probably stuck in for a while. Like, uh, are we gonna talk about Star Wars and um? Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, I was just making sure. I'll, I'll wait on that one then. Um, but fucking the only problem I have with these is just like it's probably gonna upset mint and box collectors who want to collect every figure mint and box, but like I ain't about that shit, so whatever. Um and then we have the two versus packs that got revealed, which is um A Squad and B Squad SPD Blue, which makes me very happy, even though we're not getting fucking Beavor's head. It's okay. I'm fine. Um, but then we're getting in space red and astronoma, which is kind of huge because that's the fucking brother sister two pack, and they're even coming with the locket that made them realize they were long lost brother and sister, which is kind of awesome. Um, also these are the first two American only characters getting figures, aren't they? I think you might be right about that. A squad and no, uh, no, 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 no. Zed, Zed got a Zed got oh. a uh, figure. There's been a Zed in Super Sentai though. This is different character. Shut up. Um, I will say that this uh, SPD B squad is probably going to be the first Lightning Collection purchase of mine. Nice. Um, I don't know what the A squad shit is. 
but I do know a cool toy when I see one. And I mean, I've been trying to like skirt around the Power Rangers for a little while, like the Magna Ranger. The second you, I find that again, I'm probably going to buy it. Do you want to know what the A Squad is about? Because SPD I, is my favorite season. It's bad guy, right? That's what you were saying earlier. They are Power Rangers that willingly became evil for no reason other than it just seemed like the better side to them. Is there any reason that they have like the uh, the fucking uh, Power Rangers in space helmets? Just that's what was lying around, so they used that for the costume. But also, it is hinted at, isn't uh, isn't what isn't um i can't remember the blue dude's dad wasn't he in a power rangers in space costume no uh b squad blue his dad is hinted to be the time force red ranger or at least to have used the time force red rangers powers okay that's what i was trying to figure out but also cooler than the show the in space helmet does resemble the spd helmet so it does and i think that's probably why they went with that one it's just this is a suit we have lying around and it looks right next to these ones does a squad get a zord they they technically have had all the same zords and weapons as the b squad but the a squad was missing in action for most of spd so it's kind of known as the b squad's gear like all the equipment was designed for A Squad, but A Squad went AWOL because they went evil. And so B Squad has to step up and become the Power Rangers, which is what A Squad is supposed to be. So that's why they're called the B Squad. They're they're the second string players. And that's why their costume looks different and has less art because who gives a shit? They're the backups. Well, that figure right there looks better than like the show one to me that's that's fair um it's cool though it's awesome i'll pick it up just because like i know like my brain will be like oh this is good by good guy versus bad guy um always have affinity for like the blue and black rangers um and uh i don't think that comes with a gun man that's a, that's a pretty cool thing i like guns guns are cool I also have a challenge to put out to any any customizers out there. Get Lightning Collection and Astronema and turn her into a movie Spawn Angela. Yeah. Because that's that's, play movie Spawn Angela. No, 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 no. That costume was used was Angela's costume in the Spawn movie. Okay, what? Yeah. Power later Power Rangers reuses a lot of costumes from random movies. Like the fucking Lost Galaxy, they're the army in that show is wearing the Starship Trooper army uh, armor. It's just crazy, bro. Speaking of crazy, fucking subline baby we're getting a lightning collection spinoff that's specifically dedicated to monsters and the first two figures are motherfucking king sphinx and pumpkin rapper king sphinx and pumpkin rapper are getting articulated action figures in 2021 yeah and uh this is the thing that's bringing me in 
Because, like, even if I don't, I'm not going to be buying all the Power Rangers um, unless they give me all of the ones from um, the one that I constantly forget that's my favorite Zord. But, dude, for one, King Sphinx's got some thick-ass thighs. I do <laughs> Yeah, he's thick, boy. Um, boy. But that's just a cool fucking figure. They're both just cool. Like... King Sphinx is like, sure, whatever. I could see that happening naturally in some of the toy line. Fucking pumpkin wrapper, dude. That's insane. That's a, I that's love a that great design. thing about a lot of Power Rangers monsters is they just look like they're pulled from completely random shit and they could fit in anywhere. These like, are seven to eight That's King Sphinx tall. in the show. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going to really get good. that paint right. Yeah, it's a good likeness. Um, but the thing is, these things are like seven to eight inches tall. Um, yeah. I mean, they're literally what Marvel Legends is doing right now with their $30 deluxe releases. Yeah, it's another like $10 their- on top of the regular Lightning Collection figures, which I think is fair. Yeah, I mean, because like, if this is anything like Red Hulk or the Green Hulk from the two-pack or... or uh, Machine. Yeah, like, well... War Machine's not bigger. He's just he comes with more stuff. But like, because they're putting Kingpin and Monster Venom in those thirty dollars packs, and like Ooh. they're putting Thanos and um, uh, Apocalypse in those thirty dollars packs. So they're like, it, it's essentially build a figure scale for instead of twenty bucks, it's thirty bucks because the bitch weighs a lot, mm-hmm. and that's what that King Sphinx looks like. This, and this is this is again. Me going like people need to stop complaining about MMPR because clearly Lightning Collection is doing well, and them releasing MMPR figures is probably part of why it's doing well. They're doing the most bankable names and most well known faces first to get that cash flow in so they can justify doing stuff like this. And yeah, it's MMPR season one monsters right off the bat, but there's a lot of fucking monsters in Power Rangers. They're probably doing these two first because King Sphinx had a figure in the 90s. Somebody's going to see this on a toy shelf and go, I remember that guy. I had him when I was a kid and they're going to buy him. And then fucking they'll have the money to do your favorite monster from down the road. Like we are getting King Sphinx and pumpkin wrapper so we can one day get to puzzler from Dino Charge. All right. That's what I'm that's that's the vibe I got going here. Also, think about it like this. These monsters are also, like, classic, big, bankable monsters. So much so that Cody, who doesn't have a deep affection for Power Rangers, is thinking about getting them just because they're classic design monsters. I already committed, Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, But I was about to say, because I just decided to look up... Oh my god, dude, some of these designs... Because, like, I, the monsters are always cool. I don't even know who the fuck this is, but this man literally just has a mouth for a head. <laughs> um... Dude, if any of these things got toys, I'd cream. There's a couple of these that are very crustacean-based, and I'm always looking for anything crab-related. So you just pour that on my way, and you keep that gold-melty bullshit Goldar thing out of my face from the movie. I don't want to see that. That's not counting. Yeah. Um, Dinosaur Dracula. That is horrifying. <laughs> I hope that... I mean, fuck it. People want that, probably. I hope. More power to you. 
fucking there's a lot of cool things in this but like this is the boy i name dropped i want to see him get a a better figure because he had a figure in dino charge but the articulation on him was shit oh man like this is his five inch dino charge figure or shit i can't send that photo where's the photo i can send Here we go. That that was his five inch Dino Charge figure. Hang on, I'm looking up Power Rangers monsters in general. Mm-hmm. There's also so many good designs. Just yeah, that's that's again that's something I would buy and not need to know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I would buy that because it's a cool toy. It's it's almost like this is going after the weirdness of like the Fortnite figures to collectors, where like. There's a shit ton of collectors buying all the Fortnite figures because they have no fucking idea what it is. But some of these skin designs are so outlandish and cool that you, you as somebody who likes something, can't say no to it. I just saw a monster that looks like Big Zam, so... Let me look I mean, we could one. always get fucking Baboon Man. Dude. Pudgy. Fucking, yeah. And fucking five hit... Six-inch pudgy pig with articulation. Could you imagine that shit? Like, are these some of the most well-articulated monster figures that Power Rangers, that Power Rangers are Super Sentai have gotten? Oh, they are. I there's can definitely. Like, there's no competition, dude. I can see an export scene for like Super Sentai fans, otaku in Japan, like going like, "Shit, I love all these monsters. These are good design, good versions there, of them." There is though. There is. Sentai Twitter has has gone kind of crazy for the Lightning Collection. Because, like... Now, I mean, we're probably not going to see the coin purse monster get a toy. Um, If it does, I will buy it to support coin purse monster toy. <laughs> oh, we need the other purse... The other purse monster. Yeah! The best monster now, Rita ever made. I'm seeing a tombstone with a giant eyeball in it dabbing, and I am wishing that that was an action figure. That is the thing, yeah. Now, what this is, that looks like a really bad intro to a porn, and I wish I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, and look, there it is in my... Well, this is like tagged in... Oh, wait, that's top ten best Power Rangers monsters, and that's that purse thing. Let me scroll back up here to what's more interesting, the top 10 worst reader repulsa monsters, and click that link. Freaky right, Frogman from Turbo. Imagine getting him. So many, like... That didn't post his name. Oh, uh, I see it. I'd buy it. Literally all of these I would buy. Sorry, like, it's, it's done. All right, this is a very bad link. Not the one you sent, the one that I was trying to look at. Dude, um, dude, what if they do Tickle Sneezer? That also sounds like... Oh, God. <laughs> you know, customizers would have a field day to try to finally get a Leprechaun on the Hood figure, so... Yeah. I mean... Got a lot of, like, almost crabs. Ooh. Waspicable, dude. Give yeah. me that. Yeah. Get me that right now. Yeah, there's got to be so many cool ones. As much as I dislike... Oh, dude. 
fucking eye guy. Again, MMPR yeah, season all... one, but it's a sick ass design. But also, dude, what about one of these guys from SPD? Ooh, yeah. Or fucking just give me blue heads. I just want an army of blue heads. You know, as much as I don't like Ninja, imagine getting the Skull Gators. Skull Gator? Ooh. There's so many. This is like, even the bad like seasons fucking... have like sick ass fucking. Yeah. Thick ass monster designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not going to oh, get dude. an action figure of this actual giant heart. Um, the Mystic Force Grunts? Oh, yeah. But also, Magnetron. Yeah! I would buy that. Um, Yo, wait, hold on. No, this this is the best one that they need to do. <laughs> my my bae, Bizarra. <laughs> Professor Cog, yeah! What's the Professor Cog? Oh, that's pretty cool. A lot of these are pretty neat, dude. Mm-hmm. Think about it. If this line does well, we could get some of them. So you heard it here first, folks. Everybody buy a fucking King Sphinx and a pumpkin wrapper. Also, I mean, uh, the cast for Dino Fury got partially revealed, and we got a trailer that was all Sentai footage and stock footage, and somehow everyone was surprised at that for some reason, even though that's exactly the way Saban used to do reveals. Why the fuck would we expect Hasbro to do it any differently when it's a fucking pandemic and they can't shoot any new footage right now? Saban made a promo that had Common Rider Wizard in it. Yeah. I got tricked by that shit back in the day, by the way. I don't know if I've ever said that publicly. There was like a whole day where I was like, oh my god, wizard, fucking Power Riders happening and they're doing Wizard first. I'm so excited. I gotta kill myself one of these days. Oh, that looks like a falafel monster. Anyways, uh, Ghostbusters... Right. Which I put in just so Chris could have something that's felt especially for him because I Ghostbusters is fucking sick. I I don't care about. I wish I had money so I can fucking get the line because I love Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. They're redoing the fucking role play. Mm. Yep. Mm. Oh, it's a replica of Ecto One from the new movie. Is it? It has the. Yeah, it has to rust on the doors because he has the Ecto-1 behind them that they're using in the movie. In the okay. new Ghostbusters movie. I thought it was just going to be the classic one again. Um, My weird thing about this is it's in the um, whatever line is called. The retro line? No, the... Real? Plasma collection? Plasma series. It's a plasma series figure. Um... But, like, it's not to scale with the 6-inch. Yeah. Yo, Onion Head, though. Slimer. Yeah, they're teasing doing uh, some more retro stuff. Which looks neat. From real Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. Honestly, what I'm really holding out for is... Uh, 
some extreme Ghostbusters shit. Oh, I yeah. want them to get to Ghostbusters too. I'd like some of those characters. I mean, fucking Vigo. Get that before um, we ever get a extreme Ghostbusters, but. Mm-hmm. I, I do think we'll get Extreme Ghostbusters sooner than we think, though. Because, like, I think what they're probably going to do is they're going to do... They're probably working on getting Ghostbusters 2 figures done right now uh, in order to fill time until the new go- until Afterlife happens, because it got pushed back a whole year. And then they'll do Afterlife. And then they'll probably do, like, some, some cartoon-only characters in the plasma series doing what they do with black series make them look a little more live actiony and then when they're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel they'll probably get to the female ghostbusters oh i don't even think they will you think yeah probably not I mean, see i think they're gonna they will do those but they'll hold off on them for as long as they can because there is an there is a market for that it's just not very big, so they're probably trying to drive up the demand. Just a theory, though. Also, apologies for the plastic. But then, we have fucking Marvel Legends, baby. Mm. Ooh, I see Firestar. Yeah. I see Spider-Man's amazing friend. We have finally completed Spider-Man and his amazing friend. Friends and it feels oh so good. Oh, they got a perfect Mister Fix It. Yep, Joe Fix It's coming. No, that's not perfect. Hold on, stop. Uh, All right, one that's directly from the Avengers game. Two, they got it wrong anyways because he has green skin and not gray skin. Um, and three, I'm slightly worried about the sculpt depending on what this is. It might have butterfly joints. It might not. I don't know. Kind of. Oh, it definitely doesn't. Um, but yeah, I don't know, but no, like something about Green Hulk in a suit does not sit right with me. Kang. Oh yeah, yeah. Kang's cool. Fucking Kang is coming. Classic Falcon. Joe Costa is getting an action figure for the first time ever. You can yeah. pose her slapping Ultron. I'm excited. Also, because I, I liked her in Dan Slott's <gasps> Iron Man. What I read of Dan Slott's Iron Man. What are you gasping at? 90s Thor! Thunderstrike, baby. He's coming. Yep. I love him. Look at his stupid jacket. Tell you something about that uh, Hellfire Club bad guy. The guard. Dude, their faces, man. It's like butt cheeks the bad guy, man. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like I mean, it looks like a sex Club doll. is also like... Really like tongue in cheek BDSM club. So mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, I want that Stanley. I need that Stanley toy. Which what what are you looking at? Um, it's a collage of Doctor Doom, uh, Shang Chi, oh. Black Widow, Iron Man, Apocalypse, Venom. Oh, Deadpool. that's the uh, yeah, that Stanley's already out. He's been out for a while. Yeah, but I need him. I I I'm just seeing him, and I need him. See how many of these figures do I own? One. How many of these figures do I want to own? Three. Four. Three. The in scale Stormbreaker. Yeah, that yeah. Stormbreaker looks pretty dope. 
I mean, I'm not into roleplay toys for the MCU, even though a lot of them they've done look great. But that that that's Stormbreaker because Stormbreaker, like making Stormbreaker, was one of the coolest scenes in Infinity War. And since I don't do MCU Marvel Legends, that'd be a nice way to get a representation of that scene. That's good for cosplayers too. Mm-hmm. But then fucking we're getting Spider Verse, Miles and Gwen, and a little Spider Ham. Ooh, okay. that's exciting. Retro. I'm going photo by photo. I'm in the retro area, and like uh, I'm not a fan of like retro remake toys, but those look cute. They do, but also I feel like Hasbro and people who are being paid to talk about them by Hasbro are acting way more excited about them than I than most people will be. I like the Spider Verse two pack. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the heads are nice. That two pack came out when Spider Verse came out. And now they're like doing the updated figures that are going to be single releases. Yeah. Um, like I, Gwen I, is mostly reused, but she's got a new head, and well, she's got two new feet. heads. And the the feet are now sculpted instead of just being painted as the ballerina's shoes, which I appreciate. Um, and I think Miles is completely a new sculpt. Yeah, he is. Hopefully, this will save me from having to consider those. Uh... Mayfexes were was it? Yeah, I was I was hardcore fence sitting on those Mayfexes, but now that these are revealed, I'm like, nah, I'll just get those. As long as they do a Peter B. Parker, I'll be fine with just getting these. We're gonna get sweatpants. I need sweatpants. We need sweatpants. Um, but then the fucking boy, the fucking build a boy, Stilt Man, he's glorious, he's beautiful, I love him. I love him so much. So is okay. What's coming with the hand ninja? Is it both a leg part and a foot part? Because it looks like it's just a foot, like it's foot and then leg. Like, I can think take... it's leg that starts to go into foot. Like the but feet are just probably a... coming with someone else. Because I like think you look it at... looks like you could just pop it off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, can you pop it off and then pop in more legs? Because like we said earlier, before we started recording, hand ninja army builder, so you can have a six foot tall stilt man. Yeah, I'm gonna buy free hand ninjas, and my stilt man's gonna be the tallest boy. Make him as tall as Sentinel. <laughs> Taller than Sentinel. Stilt man knocks Sentinels over with his shins. But man, arcade. I know, like, I have no attachment to Arcade as a character. What you told me about him before we were recording is dope. But, like, he just looks like a cool dude in a suit. I want the figure just because he looks like a cool guy to have to spice up a display. Platform shoes. Mm-hmm. And Dormammu looks so comic accurate. It's crazy. I love like how they're... That's classic Ditko shit, man. Mm-hmm. And they're just holding off on classic Doctor Strange as long as they can. Pissing off Marvel and fucking Doctor Strange fans so hard. I love it. Um, and then we're getting deluxe scale Thanos based off of the Infinity Gauntlet look. Finally a classic Thanos. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to finally get rid of my Marvel Select Thanos. 
Dude, that Dormammu looks like it's going to be a beautiful set piece. But yeah, that Thanos is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Especially if they have a little bit of that Hulk articulation in there. Like, I've been waiting for that. Um, and then we're getting the uh, Thanos wins Silver Surfer, which is a slightly darker Silver Surfer. And it's going to piss me off twice because not only is it a Walgreens exclusive again, um, but it's a wee bit darker than I realized, which kind of sucks for me to be able to just get that and have this be my. Yeah, story. I don't. What care. if it's I'd supposed to be like classic one? It re- it reminds me of Silver Surfer Black though. I could see that, but like the eyes would need to be bigger, in my opinion. But like. If they're doing a Silver Surfer Black, I'd be okay with this being Silver Surfer Black. Hmm. But but then, fucking Hickman X-Men just coming out swinging way earlier than I thought it would. Moira Taggart? Fucking Professor X and Magneto? Oh boy. Oh, they look so good. I want that X. Uh, I want Professor X just because, goddamn. Just, just pose him telling somebody like, "Fuck them humans." Fuck, fuck them humans. Mm-hmm. And fucking, I think this is the first time Moira has had a figure too. Probably. But good, good week for the ladies getting the first figures. That's a good uh, buck for that Magneto too. Like, goddamn, he's jacked. Is that the same one that they used for the Family Matters free pack? I don't know. I don't know, but that's how Magneto's looked in the comics, so it 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 fucking works. Mm-hmm. Professor X is releasing... a little Professor yeah. X is a little swole, but And then they're releasing the the two rarest Jim Lee uh Marvel Legend X-Men that have happened, and they're gonna be on retro cards. And the colors look like they barely changed. So it's like, if you want those fucking characters, here you go. Don't pay $90 on eBay anymore. It's exciting. Have they done a Gambit before? Yes. Yeah. That is that is the same Gambit they've done before. He's coming with new effects parts for the cards. And I think his coat is a lighter color than the original. Miss superheroes wearing jackets over top of their costume. It it's a good look. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Rogue's coming with that part of her holding her glove in one hand. Uh, that came with that modern Rogue that just came out. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Definitely, definitely good stuff in the Marvel Legends area. And then Star Wars just kind of went insane. Yeah, I've already pre-ordered my uh, $30 Deluxe Jar Jar Binks. Mm-hmm. And, and the fucking ordered. Christmas Troopers, you get in the Christmas Troopers. Alright, I... What I pre-ordered today at, um... At, a GameStop, because that's usually what I do my Black Series through. Um, is I got a Phase One Clone Trooper, uh, the Incinerator Trooper, Legit. Jar Jar Binks, and the GameStop exclusive, uh, fucking 
Snowch uh, holiday clone trooper. Oh my god. The snow They're trooper so... with the scarf. Yeah, it's so stupid. I love it. It's like the most toyetic thing ever. So I do like the snow trooper with the scarf, but unfortunately it is that snow trooper that I just bought. Um, and that and you said was is poop? not good. It's not good. Um, so I'll probably pass on that one unless I see it and I happen to get the rest of these. I really want the um, the solo like uh, train the trooper with the, the range magnet. trooper that's Santa Claus. Yeah, he's got painting on the boots and he comes with a little reindeer Dio. It's so good. I love um, it. Uh, but the thing is, every single one of these is a different store exclusive. Mm, I didn't know that. Yep. That's so not great. You, you will find nothing but one of these each at a store. Starting from the top, we got the Stormtrooper, which is Amazon. Oof. You got the uh, First Order Trooper, who is Best Buy. Uh, GameStop Clone Trooper, um, Range Trooper, Target, and then Snow Trooper Walmart. That's not great, but I, I it'd probably make for a really fun hunt. No, I think what I really want from this is I want a Stormtrooper. Um, Yo, the First Order Trooper comes with a Christmas Babu Frick. Yeah, it does come with a Christmas Babu Frick. Look at that shit. It's adorable. Scarf. Oh, that's a Sith Trooper. It is? That figure is good. See, here's the um, thing. I would love to get all four of them and put them out every year for a Christmas decoration. Yeah, these are like, I get these and I put them with SH Figuarts Go Kai Christmas and that would be my Christmas decorations. Um... But I need at least a stormtrooper because I don't know what the fuck that thing is that it comes with, but it is adorable. It looks like a porg, but it doesn't look like a porg. Stormtrooper. Like a porg painted black. Where is the stormtrooper? The stormtrooper. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a porg as a snowman. It's a snow porg. Yeah. I love how they all have a tiny little creature to come with them. Yeah, they get buddies. Friends. Yeah, yeah, it is a porg because you look at the one that comes with an actual porg, it's the same sculpt, just different paint. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. But then, fucking, they're not just doing Jar Jar Binks, but they're doing him deluxe scale so he can come with all of his dumb Gungan weapons from Phantom Menace. Like, they're leaning into it so hard. And I love that. It's, see, like, Removing it from Jar Jar Binks, which I don't have to to enjoy it. Fuck y'all. Um, I'm. It from I think Jar -Jar we Binks. all agree here that the prequels are pretty good. Jar Jar. Oh, no, I'm, Jar Jar's was, a good character. Shut up. That was That's... a general fuck y'all, not like a y'all fuck y'all. Right. Um, <laughs> I just want to be make it clear. But um, the sh like it's the shield and the spear are beautiful. Um. He doesn't come with bolo grenades, but like, there's no way that they made a Jar Jar and they're not going to make more Gungans. They're going to yeah. give us at least one more Gungan. And I'm going to. I'm willing to bet we're getting a Gungan trooper and a Gungan officer, and one of them is going to be an exclusive and one of them is going to be a general release like five waves from now. It was green and blue Gungans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then fucking Sith Ray. Looks better than any other Ray figure they've done. 
It does. Um, the Sith Ray looks very good. That was one of them I didn't pre-order. Like, it um, is just a render, but I'd kind of pick her up and put her in the background of a display as just like a generic Sith. Yeah. I am excited about this Boba Fett because I haven't got a Boba Fett yet and I've been looking for the Archive series or something. Is that a new um, sculpt? It's an entirely new sculpt. Oh, shit. And okay. it's deluxe with a bunch of ex effect parts. He comes with shit I didn't even realize he comes with. He's got, like, a shooty effect for his wire. He's got a flamethrower attachment. He's got a cut-in-half um, blaster and a regular blaster. Like, that's phenomenal. That's kind of exciting. I, I just kind of skimmed over him like, yeah, whatever, another Boba Fett. But it's got G.I. Joe oh. articulation. Ooh! Okay, I need it. I need it. I'm I'm buying it. And I and I want Django Fett on this buck. Give me Django Fett on this buck. Please. Please, Hasbro. I'm begging you here. I've never wanted anything more in my life. It's good, is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, the incinerator trooper. Looks beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Awesome. I only need one. Um, I, we might have mentioned this before on a podcast before, but the Incinerator Trooper is pulled directly from Star Wars The Force Unleashed. That's cool. Um, and this isn't the first time that Dave Filoni has had a hand in like pulling something out of that and putting it into something else. Um. But it was used in the last season of The Mandalorian. Um, I'm excited to get it. I always love my troopers. But I am hoping and hoping and praying and hoping that we are going to get a, um, a fucking, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Starkiller from Star, War, uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Hmm, that'd, be, that'd be good. Because there's no uh... reason. To not get it, you know? Are you going to army build those phase one clones? I don't know. I'm I pretty know. tempted, dude. I'm pretty tempted. I like, just know that everyone at least else two. Is. At least two. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I have a green one from like back in the day, Black Series. And that figure's pretty good. Um, so I'll probably, I wouldn't mind getting some more. Is that a new Cody or is that a reissue of the old Cody? That is so, a reissue. That's a the reissue. archives. They do the archive series once a year and it's just reissues of whatever were the best selling figures that are now hard to find from the last couple waves. Uh, however, Cody is one of the last, uh, clones I need for my collection. Ooh. I always thought it was like one of the first ones you'd always get because you loved the character. Yeah, Cody came out uh, right when I stopped buying Black Series figures. Also, it's your name. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Cody came out right there when I stopped buying them. Um, Thrawn came out right when I started getting back into them. But Thrawn was impossible to get. Is that novel Thrawn, or is that supposed to be Rebels Thrawn? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's kind of fu functioning as both. It's weird. There was a... It was first released as an SDC exclusive with a bunch of, like, 
both rebels and novel um centric accessories and then there was a single pack release which is what this is a re-release of and it's just that figure but with none of the accessories except his blaster pistol um no i do kind of want to track down the sdc one at some point though just because it comes with islamari which is fucking cool yeah there's a bunch of cool shit with that but like that's like a hundred dollar figure now yeah um it's cool uh that armor they're calling the the christmas characters holiday edition they could have should they should have called them the holiday specials Yeah, but that'd be too good. Um, I don't know. The this armor was cool because this announcement came literally after like I saw on Instagram that like uh, there this armorer is getting a regular wave release, and well, it seems like the only did well. No, there's there's a lot more than that. Um, she comes with the uh. The little pouring spout thing and like the little clamps. Um, or it's more of a hammer, I guess. Um, she comes with that in both versions, but the deluxe has better paint, amazing wash on that uh, kilt, and uh, sorry, a soft goods cape, and also mm. like a like I'm making a Mandalorian helmet accessory, which is dope. I mean, um, again, I haven't watched Mandalorian, so I have no attachment to this character, but it does look like a neat figure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's pictures in it in here, but the already funded um, Mandalorian Razor Crest ship. Yeah, that's for the vintage collection, right? Yeah, it's three and three quarter inch, but it's also, I think, the I think it might be pushing Jabba sail barge big mm. because it's one to one scale to that three and three quarter inch figure. Damn. If you, uh, let me try to find a picture. Uh, I'll also mention while I'm on the star Wars page, um, I'm probably going to end up getting the, uh, the re-release of the Luke in the, uh, solo just because I got some other like winter boys and I'm going to try to pick up that Wampa. That's um, fair. I prefer their best spin looks if we're going Empire Strikes Back, but I can see why people will be into those. I had a three and three quarter inch Han Solo figure that was from Hoth, and he had a really cool. Uh, also, I just linked the Razor's Edge in the chat. Yeah, he had a really cool like mask and stuff like that that you could take off them, similar to my uh, Hoth Trooper. Mm. Um, but no, yeah, you look at this Razor's Edge. I mean, this Razor Razor Crest, yeah. Um, dude, like the amount of detail on this thing, actually, this one, what you linked was the announcement of the, uh, push goal or the stretch goal of it coming with a jet pad, jet, 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 jettison. It's a little, uh, it's something we actually haven't seen in the show yet either. Um, comes with a, um pod of not the racer variety um but no the detail on this thing is ridiculous the scale is ridiculous the fucking um, weapons uh room or whatever yeah is insane now it's gonna come with the best car steel 
uh, Mandalorian with the soft goods cape. Mm. Um, so it's going to be shiny metal, shiny armor Mando. Um, it looks like most of those weapons are made to be able to fucking come out. Yes. And like, there's no reason they wouldn't, but that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, the amount of weapons. Like, that's insane. Because, like, yeah, he's got it, but, like, you'd never expect it. They'd be, like, molded on or something. Um, Just the idea that this is that scale and it's, like, a cargo ship, I don't think we've ever seen before. Because, like, you look at some of the stuff in, like, the back... And it almost looks like a Lego set or something like that. Because you got the area to the right where Baby Yoda sleeps. You got the thing that he sits on and, like, pees and poops on, which is weird. Um, <laughs> the closable somewhere. thing. Yeah. The guns are removable. There's so many panels that come off of this thing. Um, it's, a, it's a really neat thing. I gotta admit. Yeah, like, it's got me feeling some type of way. Like, I didn't get the... Uh, your boy. Um, My boy. I don't know, man. Uh, the, the Sentinel. I didn't get the Sentinel for 350 but like this. Yeah, I ended up passing on the Sentinel too. I just couldn't get up the money in time. I wish they'd show me some. When does this end? 43 days? Hopefully in 43 days we'll see some color pictures. Because it is beautiful. It is cool. I love the design of the ship pictures. Because it is beautiful. It is cool. I love the design of the ship, but, like, you know, it's also $350. But then the last thing, the last thing we got to talk about is fucking Elf Boy. Dungeon and Dragons 6-inch line is happening. I'm surprised that hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. Because that's a line that can easily, like... Hey, we can just make a bunch of accessory packs and people can just make their D&D characters. Yeah, this is going to this if it sells well can go ad infinitum and I'm not even mad cuz like I ain't a D&D guy, but this is a cool looking elf figure. Um something I didn't know cuz I still don't know. <clears throat> um I showed this to the the assistant manager at GameStop and he's like, "Oh, crazy." I have that guy's swords pre-ordered. What? So this must be an existing character or something. Hmm. Um, maybe from one of the manuals. But D&D has lots of modules and lots of genuine lore in it. Oh, I know that. Um, and I know, Chris, you haven't left your house in like 30 years, but you go into like a Walmart, you go into our Walmart right now, and you see, like, the Dungeons & Dragons stuff, like, there's miniatures that Hasbro's having back out on the aisle. And they're sitting right next to the DC and Marvel stuff. So, like, Dungeons & Dragons is, like, back in the, like, forefront. It's on the come up. But, like, this figure looks beautiful. Um, the posable, like, uh, cat thing, Panther mm-hmm. he comes with is cool. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the thing that makes me want this the most is literally the 20-sided die. That's fair. Like, if that's a thing that just continues with the toy line, I'd be like, that's really cool. Like, each one gets, like, a different die. But also, I saw somebody on the 
the classified series subreddit say, what if that pamphlet is like a uh, hang Um, sorry. I was just going to say, what if the panther is like a backdoor way to get sculpting in for uh, animals in the G.I. Joe line? Like, could potentially swap out the head and the tail and get a timber. It'd be cool to see a timber or um, I forgot what bazooka's. Dude, we got to get a bazooka. Um, I forgot what his dog was named. Mm. Uh, got to get a crocodile. I think it's just like mutt or something. Yeah, it might be. I'll do Deluxe Croc Master that comes with the crocodile fully articulated. Yep. That'd be dope. But uh, that was PulseCon, and that was a long-ass podcast. I don't know if we're actually going to include the PulseCon stuff in the final cut. I might cut it out and make it a .5, release it early. But... Uh, yeah, pretty monumental week. A lot to talk about. A lot of interesting stuff going on. And I'm definitely looking forward to next time. But before we can get to that, Cody, you got to tell everybody who you are and where they can find your stuff if you want them to. Well, I am Chris Gaston. And if you want to find my <laughs> Instagram, it's never underscore robot. Um, don't look at my Facebook. Uh, my gaming uh, persona is Snowcone 83 as well. And it's pretty much a variation of that through most things, and it's pretty easy to find that way. Uh, and outside of that, I believe my Twitch is also Snowcone 83. And yes, it is. So, yeah. Find mm -hmm. your snowboy out there and uh, give him a kiss. Yeah. Uh, Chris, where can people find you and give you a kiss? Hey, I'm Cody Burke. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Boingo Writer. I do video essays, uh, video editorial things. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boingo underscore Writer, Instagram at Boingo underscore Writer, Twitch at Boingo Writer. Oh, shit, dude. Uh, and Steam Boingo Writer. Oh, shit, dude. I think also I'm on Xbox at Boingo Writer. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Hold on, let me double check. Opening up the Xbox uh, account uh, on my my Windows computer. Whoa. Hold on. Boop, boop. Oh, it's a Windows? Yeah. I thought you were going to get a... Okay, yeah, neat. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, motherfucker. The suspense is killing me. I hope it lasts. Did you ever get a pimple underneath a like weird scabby part of your skin? No. Yeah, me neither. Are you okay over there, Cody? Somebody uh digi bashed uh Beast Wars Megatron into Rex from Toy Story. Nice. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> um, well, we're just going to move on. And yeah, uh, I'll, let, I'll let everybody know. Um, I am Jacob Brody, and uh, I make all kinds of shit on the YouTube. You can find me at youtube.com slash thebackhumanator. 
Uh, it's spelled T-H-E-V-A-C-U-U-M-I-N-A-T-O-R. I'm also on the social media, at the Vacuuminator, most places. You can find me uh, Instagram primarily these days. I'm posting figure photography most weekdays right now. It's good shit. I like it. Um, and this podcast, you can find it through Modular Media, the YouTube channel you're on right now, presumably, if you're uh, if you're listening to it on YouTube. You might be listening to the MP3 that you can download by going to the Google Drive folder in the video description. And hey, if you enjoyed it either way, give us a like, give us a comment, help us out in that YouTube algorithm. Subscribe and ring the bell in order to enable notifications and get every episode of the podcast as it comes out. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Modular Media and join our subreddit r slash Modular Media. But that is all. We will see you next time when we will be discussing WCW Halloween Havoc 1998. Hell yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. It's 90s, late 90s WCW. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Warriors in the mirror, brother. Oh no. Oh no.